test audio content. Oh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Are Uglies. we? We're, yeah, we're exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 181 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast we haven't done in a little while. Happy New Year, guys. Yeah. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Happy New Year. 2015. I hope everyone had weren't a aware. joyous holiday. Sure. Would you characterize your holiday as joyous? Yeah. yeah sure, I had yeah, a lot of fun, right. actually. Yeah. Moderately joyous. Hmm? Did you do anything special, Jim? I, um, I went... Uh, to San Diego to visit family. It was sort of to visit family, but really mostly it was for the burritos. Okay. <laughs> like I, I really miss uh, San Diego. It's like the only thing I miss about San Diego actually is the Mexican food. It's a very specific cuisine that I haven't had anywhere else in the world. And I used to think it was just like, oh, it's closer to Mexico. But I bet it, you can't it get is this closer stuff. to Mexico. Well, yeah, it is. But also I bet you can't get this stuff in Mexico either. Like hmm. maybe in Tijuana. But I think it's just very specifically regional and i um i have a, i grew up with a taste for that very specific thing did you ever spend any time in tijuana no you know i um back when it was safe to go there i was paranoid about leaving the country just just not about any particular thing happening just kind of nebulously don't want to deal with you know a country's laws that i've never mm. thought about before mm-hmm. i think they work on the napoleonic code there instead of right. british english common law or whatever it is <laughs> which is there's bullshit. like a stone tablet on the way in that outlines everything but it's in a language <laughs> that no one speaks right? <laughs> yeah it's moon man language yeah there's a little engraving of a guy sacrificing a heart to something right and and now i wouldn't be afraid except that now it's actually unsafe right mm-hmm. is, so, is there a lot of drug violence in tijuana i, I i'm actually not sure of the specifics i just know it's unsafe because I know that Rocky Point, which is where all of the people from Arizona tend to go to Mexico when they go to Mexico, um, they are still like the local police don't really let anything go down that would endanger tourists. Because that's that's they probably sort of, you know, really smart. They know. I, yeah. I mean, they know they know what side their bread is buttered on. I feel like all yeah, of the, that. The north side. Cities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they put a cat on the south side. And uh, right. that's what yeah. that's what powers all of Mexico City. <laughs> They guys have it locked down. That's impressive. I also, uh, I went to an event over the holidays called, uh, it was called Secular Solstice. Okay. And it was a thing that like, I had abstractly wanted to go to something like this for many years. Like the idea of like, oh, it's church, but with none of the superstition involved. Okay. You know, it's just the community and the philosophy in the coming together over the holidays. Right. Um. In practice, this particular instance of it was pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, was it was it meant to just be like a party, or was it? It meant was to be like an so. Observance? It was basically a Mad Lib of Catholic Mass. Okay. With like atheists coming up to tell you how the world is, rather than the the whatever we call the person in Catholic Mass who tells you how the world is. The priest. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you know, he's behind the priest. He's like hanging from that wooden block. Mm. Right. Um, 
Because he's playing Minecraft. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, that's just, that's just that is just a representation of Jesus. Jesus himself is inside the box of saltines. Oh, I thought the, I thought that, that guy. I thought that guy was made of the saltines. Like I thought that was the point of having oh, that guy huh. up there. Uh, yeah, like they maybe, pour water you on could, it and reconstitute it. Make a bread Jesus. To yeah. hang on. Oh man. Yeah. yeah um, like like a jelly donut full of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's a really good idea. <laughs> We're all going to hell, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are these like capital A atheists, like where the A stands for asshole? Um, they weren't. They didn't strike me as assholes so much as like ardent, capital A autistic. Oh, that mm. kind of. A, so one of the. So I think these. This, the, I think these people mostly com- are comprised of like people who used to live in small town middle America. Um. And I have two reasons to think that. Well, one is the, the they didn't have any sort of accent, but that's not really that meaningful. But um, another is that the fact that it was this was clearly based on Catholic Catholic mass when that is a terrible framework to build a rationalist event out of. Hmm. Huh, that's a good point. Like if they're trying to avoid it, why use that as any kind of model? Right, and I think it's because it's their only model. It's the one they grew up with. Uh, well, it's also real mathy. Right, like Catholic Mass is more sort of codified. No, in Britain, it's Catholic lot. Maths. <laughs> um, and they and they 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 measure Catholic Mass in kilograms. Right. <laughs> um, they, but no, I mean a Catholic. Like if, if you've ever been to a Catholic wedding or a Catholic funeral, like they are, they are very sort of rote. Like they are, yeah. they are coded. Right, and that's actually exactly what I mean by it's a terrible framework for a rationalist event. Like I, I wanted to. Like, you wanted like an AA meeting. I, I guess that's even more, a little... more like that. I mean, more like I don't know, like a a Quaker event where a topic is raised and then people from the community discuss it. Okay, that's where interesting. Does, where do the snakes come in? <laughs> You're thinking of the snakers. That was oh, <laughs> they all they all crawled in at the end and ate everybody. Uh, the other the, the reason I never got to was that these wait people... you're not supposed to wear snakes after St. Patrick's Day, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. Uh, everybody was signaling atheist really hard, like everybody who got up to speak they like had a, they had an ash a on their forehead. Well, or... <laughs> signaling in the uh, sociological sense. Um, the the people who got up to speak like they had stories but like the gist of everything they said was i'm an atheist there's no god did you notice i'm an atheist also there's no god <laughs> it was very much like just harping on this idea as well, if, I mean, like, and, I feel and, like atheists don't really have a lot in common to talk about other than that because when you don't when yeah, when, well, when your when your philosophy is is just a negation uh, this and was more what? specifically like a rationalist event, like people who, and even that, like, is not that much, uh, n- not that much to build a community around. But mm-hmm. you can build a community around basically nothing. So, like, it it doesn't have to be all about, all about like what you're not, right? Although Which I would is, argue that a that a sort of a holiday, like a deliberately timed for the holidays thing. It, yeah, it's it's very easy for it to slip into mm. being defined by what it is in opposition to, right? And yeah, I, I definitely agree, sense, yeah. and I, I think that what's happening is that these are people who like just moved to the Bay Area, 
and they're mm-hmm. still in like they're still in their heads they're still living in a place where atheists are oppressed Oh, interesting. You right. Know. And they don't realize they could just go to a bar and that would be like <laughs> church. <laughs> <laughs> right. Get wine there, too. Oh, yeah. Maybe even saltines. Oh, hmm. Yeah. It depends on whether they serve that one drink that's garnished with a saltine. They probably have pretzels. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hard to get the sword through, though. Oh. I get us a soft pretzel. You could have a soft pretzel nugget. You could spear a soft pretzel nugget with a sword and then just put it in a martini glass full of wine. <laughs> it's the Catholic. Um, can you just can you buy communion wafers like as a regular citizen? I, I'm, I imagine that you can. It seems probably get put on a watch list. Go. I mean, they don't they you don't just, sell them at like. Safeway, right? So you think they well, sell them in a tube? Like, I, well, Pringles? I think what happens is that they, they get blessed, and that's like they just bless a pack of saltines, and that's how it becomes communion yeah. wafer. Well, there are actual. I mean, I feel like Catholics actually waste a bunch of money on branded communion wafers. <laughs> like, where you know, when I where the the place where like my grandparents went to church, they just had saltines because that's what they could afford because their you know their parishioners were all farmers that yeah would maybe give fifty cents when I the wonder dish if, went around. Oh, you could probably also get like off-brand Girl Scout cookies if you go to the right supplier. Huh. Yeah, I mean, huh. but I mean, I guess if you wanted to go for like an obese church, well, like Trader <laughs> Joe's, <laughs> they like they get food made by sort of standard food companies, just rebranded and like they can sell it at a slight discount. Oh, because, so you think oh. the the high-end communion wafers are secretly saltines? Maybe. Mm. I was I was actually t- going to to keep talking about the Girl Scout cookies, but we can also because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like that would be something like those Girl Scout cookies are sold at a premium. You could like you know because it's ostensibly a, a fundraiser or whatever. Like if if somebody could figure out where those are made and start selling them year round, uh, like at uh, a Trader maybe Joe's, get, like giant bag of factory seconds or something. Sure. Oh, like reject. Yeah, reject yeah. Uh, uh, irregular Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, sure. We're like huh. the, the these logo aren't sweet. Yeah, just sell them as communion wafers upside down. <laughs> <or>. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a website. These are thick mints. <laughs> this is not what we asked for. <laughs> there was Sorry, a website it, it selling took me too long to come up with that, <laughs> selling Mormon underwear to the to the public. Huh. And that that was something that they had actually like they were ex Mormons and they had acquired the patterns somehow. Okay, and were making it themselves. Uh, well, I mean, as far as we know, is there? Well, that was what they said on the. Well, yeah, fact. that's what. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe maybe it's like the Mormon Mormon manufacturer doing business on the side for all we know. Oh wow, I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. I thought that these guys were just lying. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was my that was as deep as my conspiracy went. <laughs> well. That, I appreciate your input, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Communion. <laughs> yeah. It was a good book. It scared me half to death. That was that Whitley Schreiber thing. about. Is that the one where it was like sort of like the Jonathan Livingston Seagull of books about aliens where he pretended that it was re- like or he just kept insisting that it was real? I mean, he wrote it as if it was nonfiction, right? Like. It's one of but those like things where, never broke character ever sure. in interviews oh, or anything, I'd, right? Like I never like looked into it enough to ever know anything outside of the books. I, I mean, the the first fifty pages of Princess Bride is like this sort of setup mm-hmm. about him him finding this book and this being a condensed version of uh, of an extant 
book, right? Like it's there. You can do all kinds of weird sort of framing stories. And I think, I think Whitley Stryber maybe or whatever, uh, he, I think he just thought it would, it would seem scarier and it sure seemed scarier to me because it was just being told like a first a person Blair, narrative. Blair Witch kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not like the novelization of that Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which was about them making a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy haunts the people making the movie. Oh, interesting. And then the novelization of that was about the guy it was writing about a guy who was writing a novelization of that movie <laughs> uh, who Freddy starts to haunt. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty good. Yep. We mm. should make a well game done. about well done, the novelization. Street Fighter, the movie, the game, the movie, whatever it was. <laughs> um, How was your uh, holiday season? Oh, it was fine. You were there for most of it. I uh, then we went to. We're asking on behalf of the listener. Come on, I'm being being the everyday. Right? Oh, I always forget. I I thought we were. I thought this was just a conference call. (laughs) Um, I guess we haven't done it. We haven't done one of these in a long time. We did our. We did our typical. uh, Our our typical Christmas at my house. Your mom had to leave. Yeah, but my mom didn't have to leave. Yeah, so we missed. We missed Leilani. I didn't get to smoke pot with your mom and watch weird. DVD. Did you even get her? Did did anyone get any DVDs that would have been weird enough for your mom and I to get high and watch this year? I don't know. We watched Real Genius. I think you you think you might have gone to the bar to watch some Christmas movie or something. Is that the one? Yes, Scrooged. Okay. Is Real Genius the one about like college students and being military contractors? Yes, and I really liked that movie. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's why I like, asked for it for Christmas because I hadn't seen it in a while and I was like, you know, I I want to own that. Yeah, it's not a Christmas movie, is it? It is not. It, that's the only sad part about it. Like <laughs> like one of the most like and made in the mid eighties too. One of the most insightful and also hilarious movies about about the dangers of of like the the real life dangers of being a geek. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and like thinking about like science as an abstraction without thinking about any of the sort of implications right. It's a of cool it. puzzle to solve. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like war games. It seems mm-hmm. like it seems like the eighties were a time when society was rife with nerd fear. Wow. And then we took over, but not in the ways that they were expecting, <laughs> or maybe also in the ways that they were expecting. We just redefined cool. And now Notch has a whole room filled with jelly beans. We put everybody in the Matrix, and in the Matrix, it's cool to be a nerd. (laughs) That's because we defined it that way. Right, exactly. I heard the auditions for the Matrix were just a sign on the wall that said, yes. (laughs) Just put everybody in it. Oh, okay. Uh, For New Year's, I uh, went to several parties and uh, did not get drunk. Hmm. It was so. It was not as sure you were at parties. Yeah. Yeah. And not like libraries. I went to one party where the theme was cocktails and cookies, which was was sobriety. (laughs) And I went to another one where the theme was temperance. Uh, We had to bring our own booze to the second party and uh, trying to buy booze at like 1030 on New Year's Eve is a terrible idea. Oh, hmm. so is every place just sold out of everything or is every place just closed? Oh, Surely it's the, like it's the... well, it's half the places are closed because it's it's both late and a holiday. Um, and the other places just have huge fucking lines. Right. So, um, yeah, like on New Year's, that's the one time when like the Circle K will have a line here and they are right. not prepared to deal with that shit. Um, the cocktails were really good. Uh, the, a friend of mine has been sort of 
getting more in, invested in that whole thing and had made a bunch of like really cool um, flavored simple syrups and stuff. So he had like hmm. uh, vanilla simple syrup and uh, there was another one that was really weird. It's really going all out with the flavors. No, but I mean like he had like gone ahead and made like pre-made all these things for the for the party. Um, and he had a bunch of different kinds of bitters and stuff. Um, I always find that you make a bunch of simple syrup and then you use one all tenth of it, and then a year later you throw the rest of it away. Hmm. You just keep it on your desk and guzzle it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put it on a cracker. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it to Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> um, Drizzle it. That's on only after pancakes. it ferments. How was your we holiday the- riff? Nope. It was all right. It was real straightforward. It's same as same as every year, pretty much. Went to went to the Eastern. Should we Shore just copy and paste and the last podcast, last year's podcast? Yeah, in here? pretty much. I because I mean, yeah, went to went to where my parents are from and sat around and uh, played an Etrian Odyssey game. And uh, you don't interact with your parents at all while you're. I mean, we 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 go to dinner and hang out and stuff but there's only so much you can do of that is it just go before everybody starts to get on your parents like board games not as such what do they do when they're there they just fuck (laughs) (laughs) they they mainly read okay and fuck Mm -hmm. well same time yeah it's it's doable (laughs) so's ref's mom (laughs) (laughs) speaking on behalf of riff's dad i mean your mom's a handsome lady your dad seems like a virile dude he makes funny jokes girls like that Mm, sure sure anyway is sense of humor a uh a good gauge of virility oh sure yeah Mm. (laughs) um Riff celebrated the New Year's by pooping in his own house oh, yeah. for the first time in days. That was pretty good. Oh, Sounds yeah, nice. yeah. Cause... Really weeks. Our sewer line got ruined. Yeah, um, and so as, as soon as I got back from Maryland, I had to move into Zach's house for three days. <laughs> but It was either that or poop at McDonald's. Yeah, I tried that once. I don't recommend it. Really? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't really like it either. <laughs> but The thing about I I will often stop at McDonald's when I'm driving between San Francisco and Phoenix because they always have a clean restroom and their coffee yeah, is I mean, tolerable. It wasn't it wasn't filthy or anything. I wouldn't but want the, to poop the McDonald's there. near here is is a uh, a little more I don't want to say sketchy, but it's a little more rundown than I was expecting for a big McDonald's with like a Playland. And it had the sort of bathroom where you have to go to the counter and ask for the key. Wow, really? Yeah. I have never seen that in a McDonald's. Yeah. You should move out of this terrible neighborhood. I'm working on it. Hmm. Let's just burn this place to the fucking ground. Get the insurance money. And then not uh, not ever release this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Retroactively. Yeah. Um, have you guys been playing any video games since the new year began? Actually, you know what? First. Let's all go around the table and say what we hope to see in 2015. Like, what is your what is your most optimistic, last best hope for what can happen in video games in 2015? Um, hmm. I was told if anybody has no anything. Test. That person can go first. <laughs> I'll tell you what I want. I want a new Fallout game. Okay. okay. Sure. Hmm. 
Do you think, uh, has it been confirmed yet whether or not it's actually said in Boston? I mean, I feel like everyone knows that, but it has not been confirmed. Okay. But I want it to come out. And then I also want a new Elder Scrolls game uh, that takes place on the moon. Huh. And that's... How likely is that? game with wizards that isn't the same game as the Elder Scrolls game that takes place on the maybe, moon. Maybe, maybe... Um... What's uh, what's what's Steve Gone Home's new game called? I forgot. Oh yeah, Takuma. Ta- yeah, Takuma. Yeah, maybe, maybe that'll have a wizard. Ma- yeah, maybe that'll have a wizard. Because are you guys really pronouncing sort of it Takuma? Yeah, yeah. That's like a, the, a taco's mother. Isn't yeah. it just Tacoma? Like, isn't it just Space Station Tacoma or whatever? Pshaw. I think it's Taco Takoma. Okay. Have you, have you asked him? Because Takoma is way better. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I, I, don't, I was talking good. to Jonathan, Jonathan, sorry, Nordhagen yep. about his new game, and I started calling it Wudutulu, and then he started calling it Wudutulu, <laughs> and uh, that's the whole story. What is the what is the official name? It's where the water where the water like tastes wine? like wine. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh man. And so you can see why I called it something shorter than that. Mm. I hope. I hope that. Uh, I hope that Bloodborne is not too dark and scary for me to play. I've seen exactly one animated uh, gif of that, and it looked freaky as hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that the one with the enormous spider? Yeah, or thing. I don't. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't clear if it was a spider or not. I don't mind if it has it monsters looked, in it, so I long very... as like, the environments have some colors other than black and brown. Oh, oh the, so those colors are what's scary? Well, it's it's not so much scary as just like... Impenetrable gloom. Are you oh. scared every time you open your closet? Yeah, I was gonna say, like you <laughs> You could install some lights in Bloodborne, just like put them on the PC. There's mm. probably gonna be a mod on the PC version. Mm. I use PC twice make there, two different make ways. I hope that Diablo three. Yeah, across. run a run a rainbow across the, the top of the building. I know yeah. nothing about Bloodborne. Like what is what is it? It's, it's like a game about it's giant like spiders. Yeah, it's it's like a it's a more steampunkish Dark Souls. Basically. Yeah, it's what the Dark Souls guy was working on instead of Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Which is why Dark which, Souls which 2 was so disappointing. Which worries me because I like Dark Souls 2 way better than Dark Souls oh, 1. Oh, okay. Because well, Dark, what I didn't like about Dark Souls 1 was the fact that every environment was pitch black and made out of brown stone. And it was just... Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it was I, so I think, wearying to me. I couldn't I think you might it. be in for some darkness in yep. this new game. That's that's what I'm afraid of. Like I haven't seen any. I, mean, I saw a demo of it at PAX. Pretty dark. It was at night. It was outside. So maybe there's a time that's during the day. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem likely. I'm pretty sure that kind of environment. Like there wasn't a part of the movie Underworld that took place during the day. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, there it was, was probably, probably daytime while they were inside a building know. somewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The, I think the Wampiers couldn't appear on screen. During the day, and I guess also the lycanthropes needed a needed a moon. <laughs> Are werewolves werewolves even during the day if the moon is out? Like if Ansel Adams is on the case. Hmm. <laughs> Ansel Adams, werewolf hunter. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's why he was so fascinated with the moon. Moon over half dome, the lair of my sworn nemesis brood. <laughs> is there like an equivalent to Charles Strauss writing like really? sci-fi werewolf fiction huh 
like someone's probably thought this through. Hmm. Who's Charles Strauss? Uh, he's a sci-fi writer. He wrote um, a series. I, I can't forget. I can't remember if this is the name of a book in this series or if the series is called The Atrocity Archive. But it's is it um, about vampires? It's it's more of a um, uh, all of mythology is actual like is as sci-fi. So like mm. they reverse engineered the um, the part of the basilisk brain that turns you to stone and they put it in a gun. Okay. Huh, okay. And it's just circuitry. Like they took the neurons and transformed it into like really a simple uh, circuitry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and if you do the math, if you start like looking into the math that investigate, like that activates the the elder gods, the um, the uh, secret government organization comes and forcibly hires you. That sort of thing. That's cool. Hmm. It is a really cool world. And he, he did a good oh, like job cool of world. <laughs> not, not like, I'm sorry, not like cool world. <laughs> I need to stop ever saying that phrase. <laughs> I've never I've been, read uh, any of his stuff, but I, I know him as Metafilter's own. thought you were going to say you've never read so. the novelization of cool world. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's oh, yeah, also his blog true. is great too. <laughs> I've, uh, I've finally gotten on the Tim Powers train and have been reading on Stranger Tides. And yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you think, how do you think it? <laughs> Jesus I think I think Are it's you reading good. the book. <laughs> um, I like it. Uh, I I I think I am drawn to the passages where they basically ex- are talking about like quantum physics, but because it's set in the you know 1600s, um, it nobody All knows the what it's look like. Asses, yeah. No, like quantum they, physics, yeah. Like all of the, the people that are talking about it um and there's a k in physics. nobody understands what they're saying and so it's like it just sounds like magic gibberish yeah um, but it's uh, you know that kind of like little those little nods are great because it's somebody who doesn't know it it's just gonna read like more magic stuff and somebody who like is aware of the like you know the the basics of of quantum physics or whatever is like oh that's super clever that you're these people are dealing with magic in a way or dealing with the universe in a way that is like half magic, half like sort of um, hmm. apprehension of like half sort of principles. bogus theoretical science. Yeah, might was as well be the, magic. Yeah, was this the book that inspired Monkey Island? Yes, and it, also and the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Movie? Yes, yep. the the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean shared its name, but apparently not really its plot. Huh. Hmm. What, um, what what else did they take from the book? I mean, the the book has like ships crewed by, you know, reanimated. That was in the series before the book, the, before that movie, though. The series, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Of the Caribbean. Well, right, well, but I think sure, it, sure, sure. Didn't, but, I mean, the book came out in like inspire. the early '80s, right? So, I I feel like a lot of what we think of as the standard tropes of modern sort of pirate fantasy actually began with this book. Hmm. Well, this and Treasure Island. Yeah, but Treasure Island didn't really have. Did Treasure Island have like okay, it didn't zombies really have and skeletons and voodoons okay. and stuff? Okay, yeah, sure. so so that's what I'm saying, like fantastical pirate stuff, right? Because yeah. the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney, like when did that go in? I was like in, in the, the 60s, 50s, I think. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And did it have like? Did it have like an undead bent to it at all, or was it just? I don't, it was I don't think just it's just pirates think it at a port. Yeah, just just the pirates. Okay. Yeah, just a lot of rape. 
Implied they, rape. They they reversed that a little bit, right? Didn't they change one of the like pirates chasing a woman into the woman? They, yeah, chasing they, the, the pirate? woman is now chasing a pirate. Okay, so I guess it's cool. like domestic violence, but they're still auctioning off women. Like it's oh, okay. it, like I feel like they did a thing. They it's added still, some. It's like, still super super regressive to the fruit women plates. being chased. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so. the, the pirates want the fruit, not the <laughs> right. Uh, you know. <laughs> The women are just modeling off the clothes that the pirates are buying because they're actually trans. They're, uh, yeah, the women, the women that are being auctioned off have been replaced with the fruit of the loom guys because the pirates are actually bidding on giant pieces of fruit. It's scurvy. You gotta. Yeah, like you gotta true. get some grapes. Yeah. You gotta get some grapes while you're in town. Yeah. Uh, what do you want in 2015, Kevin? Um, more puzzle games. I want The Witness to finally come out. Yeah. Oh, it surely will, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I so today yeah. I went through my list of like games that I want to play and was like, huh, there are a tremendous number of games that I put on this list that was like coming out in 2014 that mm. are still being worked on. So, like, Oculus. I want the consumer Oculus Rift to come out. Uh, I think you're gonna have to wait till 20 never. Mm. For I, that, you know. Buddy. I'll, I don't care if it's the Oculus or the Magic Leap or whatever, but I, I would really like some super compelling virtual reality yeah. thing to come out that didn't make me ill. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen in 2015, though. It's, it's getting gonna closer, happen. though. I just don't know if it's a good idea. I don't know if Helmet VR is a good idea. Magic Leap is a, a different than that. Right. I don't even know what Magic Leap is. Magic Leap is the the. It's like leap motion. Well, no, it's Magic Leap is just projecting uh, images directly on your retina. So oh, wait, is it that pen that Bill Cosby used in Picture Pages? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, but it like it will it puts thing like augmented reality stuff. So it'll it'll have things that can be in the environment like dragons and hmm. you know little miniature elephants that you can pick up and carry around or whatever. And then a um, hacker gets into it and just destroys your retinas. Sure. That's carves his initials crash. on the back of your eyeball. <laughs> Ling, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're being super secretive about it, so nobody knows a lot of details. Uh, that would make you so mad if somebody vandalized your retinas in such a way that everything you looked at had that asshole's name on it. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it gets way worse than that. I, um, imagine someone vandalized your retinas with Goatsy. Uh, okay <laughs> and it gets way worse than that too but i'm not going to go into details <laughs> they still signed it though i mean because like you can be grossed out by goatsy without being mad at a particular guy i'm had, mad at the guy in the photo i had gone a long I? time no, without that's you're, not right. His you're, you're right yeah you're right. that's not you're right. his fault it's at not all. his fault <laughs> he's just having fun there are a couple of images I, on I'm the sure, internet like he made that in, photo for people who want to see that in the privacy of his own home yeah you're no that's you're right you're right there's some images on the internet that I had uh, I had forgotten about until you uh, brought that up that are it's also just abstractly that yep <laughs> there are bad images there are bad images they like they're just they make they make what? me kind of queasy oh yeah oh and yeah there's on the that, internet like, oh yeah yeah oh internet you should see the stuff on the internet they have yep I hear they've got recipes <laughs> I think it's mainly recipes and kittens, I found a website with a list of jokes on it okay it what? was. That's good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Just a list of jokes. It just described them. <laughs> it didn't actually include them. 
<laughs> the one. It's it's like when uh, you the search really for hilarious MP- one with the Jew. It's like when you search for an MP3 and you find people's like these are all the MP3s I have. Oh, right, yeah. just a text file that somebody, includes the name of the thing you were looking for. I was really annoyed. Somebody tweeted uh, what looked like a screenshot of Wikipedia that was like a uh, list of sitcoms uh, where the main character holds the the nintendo 64 controller wrong and i was like <laughs> fuck yeah i want to look that article up but it doesn't really exist oh. that was totally just oh. a joke and now i'm annoyed did oh. you see that video that's every episode of, of the first Friends. season of yeah, Friends at the same time, the same yeah. time? Yeah. i started no. playing that for emily and oh, she made me turn it it's off re- it, it's madness it's how does that work lovecrafty well, it's, it's just i it's saw just, something like that that was every episode of conan o'brien like and it's just a mess Wait, is yeah. it yeah or is it just a grid or is it i mean it's over no it's, it's, all, no, like, it's all, like, all optically sort of mixed the together sum of all yeah. of oh right. my God. So, like, it's the, so gross <laughs> The Conan O'Brien the, one was the, interesting all because the sound playing it all at once. Right, because the desk uh, and stuff is the, the same. The usually. Conan O'Brien one. Well, what what what's what's the same for the Conan O'Brien one is the intro. Right, like mm. they don't sync up the the music. Well, the music is live for each episode, so it's you can hear like this is what is pl- being played in aggregate. Oh my god! But it's just a mess. It does, does it not friends, sound like the white intro noise? section is a different length every time. Well, it's, it's so white noise after that. It, oh, yeah. You can read stuff when most of the episodes were displaying the same text at the same time, but not all of them. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah I mean, once it gets past the credits, it's just got to be like garbage, though, right? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a waterfall of people talking. Crazy. Yeah. It's like the, what is the, what do you call it? Cosmic latte? Just the, the color of the universe in aggregate. Oh, I see. What do you want in 2015, Jim? All like everything I can think of is Frog Fractions two spoilers. <laughs> it's all like things I'm really hoping come together in that project. Really, just 2015 is Frog Fractions two. Uh, that that would be nice. That would save me a lot of work. Um, <laughs> Can't because it's going to happen with or without you. I mean, if if you want to, okay. I, I really hope AAA Gaming gets its fucking act together this year. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of a game released in the past year, like a triple A game that wasn't either like I didn't care about it or it wasn't like disappointing in some major way. Or didn't start or, out broken. Or just broken. Yeah. There was there was a lot of discussion about that today on the the various news blogs. Oh it, it's been a pattern for a while. Did you play Wolfenstein the New Order? I did. And that one was that one was disappointing because everybody was hyping it up. And the reason they were hyping it up was that they thought it would be disappointing. So I just oh, I just flipped the script there. Huh. I actually <laughs> thought it was I actually thought it was really good. I mean, it was all right. It was better than like you would if if I had not seen everybody saying this is the most amazing Wolfenstein game, I probably would have thought it was pretty good. Didn't it came out the same like weekend as another game that was much much more anticipated and was Less well received. I can't Maybe remember. Maybe Watchdogs. Watch Dogs. Or yeah. Maybe Watchdogs. Oh man, Watchdogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can't talk that. too much about it because Kevin still really wants to in- try and enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, you can talk about. It. I, I, you know, it's not well, like I've this will help. Blind this will help press. because I, I do think that Watchdogs is probably also just yeah, it's a, it's an okay. Like it's, it's just Grand Theft Auto with a little bit of hacking mini game, right? Right. But the way that game was promoted, yeah, no shit. Yeah. So if you don't have that expectation. Okay. That's the fucking thing I want in 2015 is an awesome hacking game. All right. Yeah. Because that's a game that I have wanted for a long time. And like. Have you you tried actually just hacking? 
Well, sure. I mean, I tried just going to hackertyper.com. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. like a new, a new upgraded I mean, there, version. There of are the actually update. like yeah. gamified actual hacking websites that I've seen that like really? presents you with a series of puzzles, starting with like, oh, look up the look at the HTML source to find the password, going on to like actually like, oh, look at what version of the for- BBS software this is running huh. and find a script for it. And actually, in, in, yeah, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, and it was it was pretty well. Like, the, I didn't get that far into it, but as far as I did get, it was pretty like uh, the learning curve was pretty good. That's kind of clever. Yeah, this was like ten years ago, so it probably doesn't even exist anymore. But that sort of thing, I bet it's still around. There was that Riff. Do you remember the name of that weird like puzzle slash? Um, recruiting thing that was like out maybe on 4chan that was maybe like an anonymous recruiting tool. I think we might have I lost have them. No idea. Oh, no, they're still here. About. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was something that was like some crazy steganographic like puzzle thing that huh. uh, was probably some sort of weird recruiting move by some shadowy organization, either governmental or private. Okay. They used a lot of like Tor server stuff and um, codes embedded in images and that kind of thing. Hmm. Codes embedded in the child porn that Tor is a fountain of. Sure. You say that like it's, it's you. Steganographic, it's a steganographic process. They just embed every HTML request in child porn, and that's how it gets through the network. You know why you know, it's called steganography, right? It's because. All the hidden images are uh, pictures of stegosaurus. Yeah, or they're just they're just uh, copies of that Far Side where they talk about how the thing on the stegosaurus's tail is called the Thagonizer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, like there was that one Playboy centerfold from the fifties that was like what JPEG compression was based on, or whatever. Yeah, the, that was that the was image the, the that they were using. That everybody oh, yeah, for I didn't that, know that. that image uh, compression. Yeah. Like how Tom's Diner was. It was. The it was like a cropped, oh, a cropped version yeah. of the centerfold. It was just like really, a, um, like a a bust. Tom's yeah. Diner seems like a weird choice. Is there because was... <laughs> because it had like warm vocals or something like that. Oh, okay. I guess you would notice Tom's Diner is a thing where you would definitely notice if it made her sound like a robot. Right. Yeah, it's a very simple song. But. Like, if you were going for maximal compression, it seems like you would want a song that was half that and then half, like, a mariachi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, like, all sorts of sounds that could occur in music. Hmm. You'd think you'd want a broad sampling. I, I, I've pitched you guys my, like, uh, crazy movie compression algorithm before, right? <laughs> no. I don't know. <clears throat> the algorithm contains all movies, and oh, the, and it's uh, just an index. Yeah, it's just well, it's just a yeah, it's just like their MPAA and, and the number. Index has the same number of bits as the movie. <laughs> well, that that would be easier too. That um, would be required. <laughs> no, no, no. Like so, like the like their movies all have a number at the end, like just oh, so assigned oh, to them. Oh, by it MPAA. only compresses MPAA rated movies. Yes. All right. Yeah. So it's yeah. just that whole catalog of like. Yeah. You know, 30,000 I have a movie compression that can only compress movies that are either Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> or Sister Act 2 back in the habit. It compresses everything to just one bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, have you guys been playing any video games? Mm, I have not really been playing anything. Oh, okay. Well, I can talk a little bit about Persona Q, which was the Etri- the Etrian Odyssey that I played over Christmas. Is it actually an Etrian Odyssey? Was it published? Was it was it made by Atlas? I believe so. Yes. Okay. It was. Uh, Do you have to make maps of high schools? And yes. Shit? Well. Uh, Wait, really? Yeah. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 plot is that you you choose at the beginning if you want to play the Persona Four characters or the Persona Three characters, and I I pick the Persona Four characters. I don't know. If the storyline is any different, if you choose the Persona 3 guys, probably not. But the the idea is, is that they have gotten trapped in an sort of alternate dimension version of their high school's um, like cultural festival. Like the, the thing that Japanese kids do in high school animes where every class does a, a different little theme restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so the the various classrooms in this are the the various dungeons that you have to explore. So there's like an Alice in Wonderland themed one, and there's like a a haunted house themed one. And stuff wait, like these that. are the cultures that they're celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> Alice in Wonderland culture and haunted yeah, house. Because that sounds rad. Yeah. <laughs> when we did that in my high school, it was just like Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Which that shit is boring. We never did any of this in my high school. Mexico really? and haunted house haunted house culture. Yeah, Mexico and. Yeah. I was in Spanish club. God damn it. Uh, So I just had to make a pinata and learn how to do a hat dance. (laughs) Oh, you should have joined haunted house club. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's pretty straight up just an Etrian odyssey. Um, they what, what is, is that? haunted house club is that section Etrian of the Odyssey of the kids is... that died that year. <laughs> Etrian Odyssey is the the JRPG where um, you're navigating a first person grid based uh, maze dungeon like in the style of the old uh, the I don't know, wizardry, wizardry. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Except they're a little more intricate. And but it's that... actually like map making is involved in the game. Yeah, right? like it's built it, into it's, the game. It's very very heavily. So the that's like the main thing about the game is the touchscreen on the DS you're using to draw the map as you go. Right. And huh. and, and you have to because there's a lot of like tricks and, and traps and so on in the dungeon that require you to have been keeping careful track of where you are. Like there there are monsters that show up on the map uh, that are um like far too powerful for you to fight at the at the level you are when you first encounter them so you have to keep track of like what their what their routes are throughout the the dungeon so that you can avoid running into them and and you have to keep track of where secret doors are and stuff like that um and it's i mean it's okay it was it was an okay Etrian Odyssey game i missed the the two most recent Etrian Odyssey games that I played had an overworld that linked the various dungeons, and that was like a separate, larger thing that you were mapping, and, and frequently it it made use of a lot more tricky things. Like there was, I forget which Etrian Odyssey it was, but there was one where the overworld, um, you had to sail in a boat around various islands and there were currents that you had to make use of and whirlpools that you had to avoid. And as your ship leveled up, you had more fuel. So the, the gating mechanism was getting a ship that has more fuel so you can move more spaces before you get kicked back to the main town. 
And so you have more moves in which to discover a, a route to the next island where the next dungeon is. Uh, and those were very puzzly, and it was a very interesting sort of puzzle thing. And then the, there's another entry in Odyssey I played that had a similar sort of thing, except it was it was on land, and you had to worry about avoiding more of these ultra ultra strong monsters and stuff like that. But the the this one Persona Q didn't have an overworld thing, so I kind of missed that. Um, it also didn't have. Um, much in the way of side quests. Uh, the Etrian Odyssey games are pretty hard. They have, they have like a steep difficulty curve, but they give you enough side quest stuff so that you can effectively grind for XP without just grinding. You like have an extra little side goal, like go back into dungeon level four and bring me back four of rat tails or whatever and so it's basically grinding but you've got something to do while you're doing it so it's not as bad uh, but persona q didn't have it had a few of those but not very many so you had to a lot of it really was just a I lot need of to go yeah back the, so i need to i, I need to go back and wander around yeah do in the persona universe i mean knowing nothing about it i'm sorry that your twitch stream was so screwed up that i couldn't watch it <laughs> or i would have i would know anything you, about you this. didn't miss anything because persona 3 uh I, I've I've played some of Persona Three and most of Persona Four and watched the rest of Persona Four and Giant Bomb's Endurance Run and compared to Persona Four, Persona Three is garbage. But is it? Are is there magic and stuff, or is it is? What are your are your attacks like? They're sort of like demons. Pull somebody's pants down in the locker things. room, or what? I, I don't. They're like <laughs> well, if I remember right, Pokemons. the attack is to shoot yourself in the head. Well, that, no, that's yeah, how you summon in, a guy. In Persona right? Three, oh, yeah, okay. that's how you summon a guy. Um, okay. In Persona Four, you summon a guy by like crushing a magical tarot card or something. Like drinking Drano. Yeah, um, but they're they're like um, they're like monsters or demons that you summon and you gather more of them as you progress through the game sort of pokemon style except that okay. you can mash them together to make new ones hmm. uh and it has some it it has uh it brought that mechanic into the etrian odyssey game because etrian odyssey you just have adventurers and they have adventure stats and adventure skills whereas in this one you have your persona demons and your so this is like a crossover. Or yeah, something? it's a, it's a crossover basically. Okay. It is it is Persona, it is Persona using Persona's engine. combat elements, but Etrian Odyssey's map making elements. Okay, so this is like huh. Layton meets. Uh... Yeah, kind of, and right. it it was all right. It was an all right Etrian Odyssey game, uh, but the writing. What really disappointed me was the writing was subpar for. A Persona 4 game because the Persona 4 characters I like a lot and the writing in Persona 4 was really good and the writing in this was really not up to scratch they 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 made a lot of mistakes like like mistaking a character quirk for that character's entire personality like for example the character Teddy he his thing is that he hits on the girls and gets shot down a lot. And in Persona 4, you know, it comes up every once in a while and it's it's an endearing little quirk. And in Persona Q, it's every single time Teddy is talking, he's hitting on a girl and getting shot down. And this happens in every single conversation. Like, he doesn't... The, 
they didn't understand that this is just one aspect of this guy and you can't you can't use that quirk in every single conversation and the character that likes meat mentions this fact in every single thing she says and it just got really tiring and frustrating because that seems like I know it could be characters. funny at least <laughs> it doesn't like, sound okay, like so they like, were playing it for laughs though imagine yeah. okay imagine uh, this character's quirk is that at every opportunity she makes a meat pun <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> But then like, she explains the meat pun. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that would, so we're getting into some Child of Light style yeah, quirky yeah. character writing here. Um, but I don't know. It was an okay game. I got about halfway or two-fifths of the way through it, which is about how far I get through every Etrian Odyssey before I get home from my week in Maryland. And do you, and then you just never finish them? Just, well, so yeah, a week of nothing them. to do is about enough to get 40% through one of these. Yeah, things. pretty much. They're long games. Jeez. So, and boring as shit, if I might. <laughs> riff, I've been meaning to play one, probably one Persona game is enough for my life. <laughs> and I've wanted to do it on a portable system. Uh, Persona 4 Golden is on the Vita. Is on I the think, Vita? Okay. I think it might be on something else, but I don't know for certain. Okay. I will look into that. Yeah. You could also alternately just watch Giant Bomb's endurance run of Persona 4. <laughs> yeah. How long I, is it? How, how long does it take to play a Persona 4? Uh, the endurance run is over 100 hours. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What, is, yeah, what does that mean? It's a long game. It endurance is, run? That, is that just like a single sitting? Endurance run is something that Giant Bomb used to do where it's basically uh, the team will sit down and play a really long game and release a uh, video of it every day. Yeah. Okay. They, that's, like, that's, they, that's, they, so they like played it for like a half an hour a day until they played the entire game. Yeah. Wow. And so they've done that with Deadly Premonition. They actually did it twice with Deadly Premonition. Yeah, because they had two different teams. Right. It. Yeah. Um, and then Persona 4 and then Chrono Trigger, I think. Well, so mm-hmm. if they're doing half an hour a day and it's 100 hours, that's like better I, part of eight, seven months? Yeah, that's why they don't do it very often. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that's if you do it every day, not in, like including weekends, which they probably don't do. So that's nuts. Yeah, I think the Persona... The Persona endurance run went like 120 episodes i think ranging from like 20 minutes to 45 minutes okay okay yeah Jeez. and probably they batched up the play probably they would record a few hours at a time and then sure okay at this point in my life an entire movie is often too Too, long too much time (laughs) yeah for my attention span. well this you don't watch you don't sit and like literally watch this whole thing like you probably put it on in the background while you're doing work right yeah i actually the i've you should try my I, new compression algorithm for movies <laughs> <laughs> just deletes all I, the I've, video. I've i've watched the that that uh endurance run twice and i'm actually currently watching it a third time just because i i i missed the good persona 4 writing after playing Persona Q. Wait, were you watching wow. it while you were playing another game? No, no. Or? I, I just, just, since I got back, I've been watching it as just as something to watch in the evening. I can't even listen to music with lyrics while I'm writing or writing code. Oh, yeah, no, me neither. Like, I don't, I don't understand how somebody could have, you know, 
every once in a while when a GDQ is happening, I will just like put it on in a side window, but then mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, this is driving me fucking crazy I to mean, you can't, have something you, on and me not watch it. So I just shut it off. Oh, uh, okay. See, like, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't do that while I'm doing anything like work related, but I, I will totally watch that while I am cross-stitching or while I am mining in World of Warcraft or while I'm Yeah, there are Minecraft some games that are very good. Just do nothing yeah. games while you're watching a movie or what have you. Huh. Did you uh did you watch the Taskbot run of Super Mario? <laughs> I read about that. It's pretty oh, the, fucking cool. I didn't see the Is Super that the one Mario where they put one. Super Mario Brothers 1 into Super Mario World? Yeah, they, yeah, repro- they reprogrammed it, yeah. World. Uh, then- did you see the one like the the other night that was uh, Pokemon Plays Twitch? No. Yeah, they, that, that was pretty they cool. had They had a, a Super Nintendo running the Super Game Boy emulator running Pokemon Red and running through the, the Tazbot, which for people listening that haven't heard of it, I, I guess what it is is just a, a, a computer basically that it runs a modified controller cable into yeah. the into the Super NES so that yeah. it can TAS so that it can for send yeah, speedrun speed commands. So Pokemon Red has a glitch that if you if you quit and restart in a sort in a certain way, it, it bugs out the game that gives you like 255 of every Pokemon. And then that overflows a bunch of counters that you can then rewrite the memory in the game by discarding certain numbers of certain things. So they use that to to rewrite the the code to Pokemon Red in such a way that let them take control of the Super Game Boy emulator. Right. And I think then, the first thing that people did with that exploit <laughs> was write a jump command that goes that just plays the ending cutscene. Yeah. So it was yeah. just a ridiculously fast speed run. Okay. And so once they'd done that, that that let them more fully take over the controller port so that instead of instead of having to, to do like right. inventory management to to write the code right yeah once the, you've got the, the bootstrapper thing, in there send you can it just... directly yeah and then once they'd done that they could take control of the super nintendo itself and once they'd done that they started sending it python scripts from a laptop that let them broadcast the live twitch stream wait, chat. wait they didn't put a python interpreter on the snes no, they 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 were running it on a laptop connected to the Tazbot connected to the SNES, and they were using that to stream the live feed Twitch chat from this channel into the SNES. Right, so, they they were displaying so it, it displaying as an IRC it, client. Yeah, 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 displaying it on on the on their TV in Pokemon yeah. font. A pretty big extent to go to for a pun but yeah okay. <laughs> it was it was nuts apparently they've got they've got an even bigger trick that they're planning to show later later in the week i don't know what the oh, plan cool. is though that's that, that is an impressive like flexing of muscles but yeah. like weird yeah, right? it's, it's kind of called art of, man yeah it's the kind of thing that you do when you're 22 right yeah. now yeah or 16 you know? maybe yeah, well, like, i mean i really I, I really do consider this to be the equivalent of like peacock feathers where it's just like oh i made this really impressive nest right or i can sing super well except like you're you're doing all this impressive signaling for no other when, nerds. when like when <laughs> the only people who care are people you actually don't want to have sex with so it doesn't really help. 
I mean, they might. Who knows? Who knows what their what their interests are? And, and yeah, yeah. And the actual like motivation there is pretty abstracted from um from that thought process. So, do you feel like that? That's yeah, I mean, the did, like, did the Amiga drive? did the Amiga demo scene ever get a single person laid? Surely. I can say I can say yes to that. Okay, all right. But it might be single digits. No, it might be. It's probably two digits because you it's it's. It's single-digit pairs, is, is okay. my guess. And similarly, the um, interactive fiction scene in the '90s. Sure. Well, I mean that that at least resulted in the in the marriage of. Did Graham Nelson and Emily Short get married? I don't know. I think so. I think they both got married, but maybe not to each other. Oh well, okay. <laughs> well, they're they're living together now. They're they're definitely like together. Okay, yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah. yeah. She moved to she moved to England to to live with him, and I thought mm. that they got married, but I I think they might have. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I mean, presumably that you know then. So all that guy had to do was single handedly reconstruct everything that the Infocom guys did <laughs> yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. And then and release then write, it like, open source. Six new interpreters, seven yeah. new interpreters yeah. for it. So Yeah. You know, maybe this maybe this Twitch thing, you never know. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of sex there's a lot of sex at conventions. I bet there's a lot of sex at I actually did hear I, I don't DQ remember I was I was subscribed to the the speedrun subreddit. Because that's entertaining. And there was a thread on AGGQ about how someone was surprised someone else showed his face after he slept with another runner's wife. Oh, wow. So <laughs> so there's definitely intrigue. Maybe it happens yeah. more than we're thinking. I mean, I think, you know, people have sex all the time. Like, yeah. all people... All over the place, all the time. There's probably people having sex while listening to this podcast. So like, if you're right if you're now. wondering, if you go right to a in, place listeners. where there are people and you're wondering <laughs> if any of them are going to be fucking later, the answer is definitely yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess unless maybe maybe your weird solstice thing is the exception. <laughs> no. Well, the thing about that is that 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 particular community is that there are only like three women in it, but they're all poly. Oh, that's oh. complicated. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, have you played any video games, Kevin? Uh, I played uh, Sunburn! Exclamation uh, point. I don't know if you guys have seen this at all. Yeah, no. I haven't heard of it. It's what good. It? It's pretty cool, actually. It's um, it's an iOS game. Um, your spaceship. You're in space. Your spaceship has broken up, and you are in a spacesuit along with all of your fellow shipmates and uh you're going to die but uh you you vow to not die alone so you sort of bounce from planet to planet collecting all of your other astronauts and then jump into the sun okay hmm. um and so you you do this level after level purchased hmm. um it's pretty great actually it's it's it starts off pretty easy um, and then gets like wickedly, wickedly hard by the end. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but you're, the controls are a little weird. It's like you, you use two fingers on either side of the screen to, uh, to rotate and then you use them both simultaneously to sort of jump off of the, the planet. And you can sort of, um, thrust a little bit while you're in, in space, but it uses up your oxygen reserves. Um, and then it just introduces additional like weird, uh, mechanical like physics type objects uh that you interact with um that uh, that 
sort of make it easier or harder for you to get around and collect your fellow uh, crew members. Um, there's a bunch of really cute, kind of funny writing nuggets because people will say things as you're wandering out. And you, it's it's actually kind of hard to read them because you're zipping around on the screen and the little speech bubbles might be like mostly off screen. And so like it kind of bears a bunch of repeat play because you want to like see what the people are saying um, if you if you care about that kind of thing. But they're usually pretty funny and, and stuff. Um, and then I played a little bit of uh, Wizard Golf RPG. Oh man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, so that's a that's a game that is uh, made in part by uh, at least one uh, video games hot dog listener, um, and he is. I guess it is coming out probably today. Um, if assuming that you're releasing this tomorrow, um, just to be time for confusing. iOS. Uh, it is on iOS. Um, yeah, and I mean, and it is. You are a wizard who is. Uh, playing sort of like a golf game but it's also an rpg um you cast spells with different kinds of wands and staves um and are trying to get to the hole but there's also a bunch of other destructible and collectible and objects in the environment um and then there are monsters and skeletons there are skeletons yep sold yep Um, I think it probably could use a little bit more polish and it sounds like they're going to keep working on it, like even after it's out. So I'm expecting there to be some, some updates to it. Um, but it's, it's pretty good. Like there's definitely I mean, it must be something to, for you to have gotten past the fact that it's a golf game. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like I'm not, I'm not into golf games and I've, I've definitely spent some time playing this. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna put it down for a little while and then come back to it. Um, maybe after they do like a 1.1 or something. Um, but yeah, like I, I think, I think I'm, I'm glad that the, that it's out. It like the idea is so solid, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, a wizard casting different kinds of spells to to get around these little sort of levels designed like complicated golf holes. It's cool. Um. Yeah, that's about all I have played. Actually, I have been—I've uh, mostly been in my free time just reading. Oh, and I started watching *Orphan Black*. I don't know if you've seen that at all. I've—I've I've heard the title. I don't know what it's about. I saw the first episode. It's a TV show. It's—it's it's interesting. It's got a really cool premise and is sort of. Do I know the premise having seen just the first episode? You've, I mean, it's, you have started to, to get a sense of the first, of the premise and then like it, it unfolds and yeah. gets more and more yeah. involved. So the spoilers for the first episode are that there's a woman who I think meets a clone of herself, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And that's actually all I remember. Yep. <laughs> that's huh. about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I'm I thought. Intrigued. Uh, yeah. So it gets, it just gets, and it gets like deeper and deeper, but it gets a little sort of silly like i feel like a lot of these shows like have really strong starting premises and then sort of devolve into kind of sitcom-y like situations where you know you have a villain and yeah like in a sitcom well (laughs) well there's sort of but like you have so you have a villain right they're supposed to be like menacing but because they're gonna they're not they're going to stick around for a while. You end up having to like make them, you have to see them fail over and over again. Well, it's also just like relatable in weird ways. And so it just gets strange. Like, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess like Deadwood, the villain became sort of the main character, and so they had to introduce a different Another, villain, uh, like a yeah bigger villain, right? Which they which they then I feel like did twice because then they accidentally made the other villain kind of relatable too. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that so that was like Swearingen, and then who Swearingen, and then and then the guy whose name I don't remember who opened the hotel across the street. Oh, it wasn't, um, and then Hearst was the, and then Hearst, yeah. Right, which okay. Hearst was just like a dick the entire time until the show ended. But like, right? And he was the he was also the guy from Simon and Simon and Major Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but so you know you, you're conditioned to hate him if you grew up in the eighties, oh, right? Uh, I, and the other the other show that I was thinking of that was kind of a really cool premise that kind of started just getting strangely sitcomy was uh, American Horror Story. Um, and I only watched the first part of the first season, and apparently they mix it up. Like every season is like a is a different storyline, and they're just sort of obliquely related. Yeah, I gave up on the first season after a couple of episodes, um, but I think I liked the third one. Oh yeah, yeah. So you can pick and choose. That's kind of interesting. They are completely unrelated. Okay, I've heard that there's some sort of weird meta narrative that relates them. Oh well, in that case, I just haven't watched enough to know. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing that's easy to say, but for me at least, it would be very hard to do. Like there is, the, there is this like here's a list of the episodes that you should watch if you really want to get everything meaningful that there is to get out of the entirety of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. But I'm never gonna fucking do that. I'm either going to watch all of them or I'm just not going to do it. Well, notably, so probably just notably, American Horror Story is an anthology show. It's structured such that each season is completely new characters, a completely new story. So it's right. It's not that you can it's not like you're picking and choosing from a a larger arc you're actually just seeing one story Mm, okay but i mean because the same people are making the show like it is a work right like arguably but they're they're not going to be able to stop themselves from making nods to earlier things well yeah but do you feel like titanic and terminator are like linked in some way. <laughs> it's part of the same universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a good, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a, a good point slash sick burn. Uh, I, I really liked, so for example, um, I really liked the first season of true detective and I consider it basically to be like hmm. an eight hour movie. Hmm. Um, and I'm going to watch the second season because I'm going to watch the second season because I, I, I want to see like what these people do next, but is there different guys in it? It's completely different story, yeah. Different characters, oh. different story. Um, and I, I'm going to watch it because I want to see what these people do next, but I don't have any, like, I don't really have hope that the, the writer is going to be able to pull two more characters as good as those two out of his ass, you know, or or wherever he pulls characters from. <laughs> like, I get the feeling, like, that those characters, especially Rust Cole, came from, like, thinking about these ideas for years, right? Right. He, he had this story in his head for a long time before actually putting it on paper. And, like, to have to do that again in another year is really high pressure. I mean, I wonder. You know, I think there are some people that probably have one thing in them. And, you know, I often lie awake at night. <laughs> Yeah, wondering whether that's true of everyone or not. <laughs> but then I think there are also some people like, you know, David Milch or whatever who can produce 
so many amazing things over the course of like 10 or 15 years that you're surprised when you find out how many of them were the same guy. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I, I like, I feel like it's, it's worth giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. I, I at least I'll tell you a personal story here. I was actually wondering that about myself. Like I, I spent the year after making frog fractions working on somebody else's game. Um, and it was not like a game that was in any way like like Frog Fractions. And it wasn't until I sat down to write the script for the Kickstarter video and I got a response from my friends about the to, to the script that I realized that no, I, I, I actually am capable of doing this again. Yeah. Like it, because I hadn't been I hadn't been in the mindset of even tr- trying to create that sort of thing for over a year. I wasn't sure it was possible. Yeah, no, I mean, who knows, man. I hope, I hope that you can make something like Frog Fractions again, because I paid for it. (laughs) Yeah, well, also, like, I kind of feel like I already did in the Kickstarter, right? Yeah. That was the the goal of that, was to basically to make that Frog Fractions 2, and the game you're funding is actually the next game after that. Yeah, well, good job. I mean, basically, you created a situation in which every podcast I listen to is constantly making jokes about which things are or are not <laughs> yes, frog that fractions is like, too. That's so, like, my that's favorite things about the world yeah, right now. Like, yeah, no, and and I, it, it just, I'm like, yep, cool. Uh, I, all of the games that I've been playing are games that I specifically want to talk to you about, Jim. Okay, for, for three different reasons. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll just do them in, in the order in which I think there is the most to talk about. I, I uh, want to say I, one more thing about oh, David yeah. Milch, though. Like, it's looking at his his uh, his list of credits or whatever. All the ones that I recognize are basically the same show, <laughs> right? <laughs> like Hill Street Blues, which is basically Deadwood. Yeah, right. Because they're all they're all like weird law enforcement stories, right? <laughs> Because L.A. Law and and Deadwood and Hill Street Blues and NYPD Blue and stuff like that, like huh. it's well, it, it just, keeps coming back to the same yeah the same theme over and over again and just puts it in slightly different settings or whatever. Mm. Sorry, go ahead. Video games. No, no, no. I mean, it's just a guy that makes shows for my dad, right? <laughs> uh, so I played uh, Christmas Shotgun Defense, which oh, yeah. you know, you know that was funny. Uh, but when you said your buddy made a game called Christmas Shotgun Defense. Does that mean that you're buddies with Sos and can we hang out with him? Um, I'll introduce you to this GDC. Yay! Nice. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I thought I said Sos, but okay, so I guess I said my friend so- or, or, I don't know what I said. Well, maybe I just didn't recognize that as a name because it isn't one. You're right, yeah. They, they made him, ch- Facebook made him change his name, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, Okay, so then the second thing I've been playing a bunch of is uh, Fall in London, and I see from your occasional tweet that you are also still playing it. Oh, yeah. Did, so, hang on. Did you send me a text this morning asking for my username? No. God damn it, Jim. I sent you an email. What? Like, a- what an the email. F- okay. How do you interact with the world <laughs> such that... <laughs> I was because when... I was looking. I remember. I've like really vaguely remembered this, and I was looking on my phone. Did, and I was like, "Did I you send me a text that was nine text. paragraphs long?" And <laughs> oh, I remember it being really short. <clears throat> you say not to text you to instead use GChat yeah. to get in touch with you, even yeah. when you're out in the world. Yeah, it's true. What do you, what what kind of phone are you using? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it gets texts. <clears throat> um, okay. 
I, I okay. So you sent me, sent me an email. I'll, I will respond in that. So I did. I, I I want to understand how the multiplayer stuff in Fallen. Yeah, Lord I'm works. I'm curious too because I have not yeah. tried it. Yeah, because I mean I feel like it's a bunch of things where like if you can convince someone else to also spend actions doing a thing, you can sort of like pay down some of the you know various flavors of poison that you accumulate. Yeah, yeah, much more readily. So. I've started actually trying to figure out how the game works rather than just dicking around, clicking things at random and yeah. reading reading story bits. And like the thing that I keep running into is that every time I want to accomplish something, I then look at how to accomplish that. And it says, well, you need to do this first. And then I think, OK, I look up. How do you need how do you accomplish that? And then it says, well, first, you need to do this, this and this. I'm like, All right. Well, how do you accomplish these three things? And eventually the chain of dependencies gets so long that I no longer have any idea what I was doing after I finish the first eight steps. Yeah. I mean, the way you have to play that game, especially in the early game, is just like look at your options and do what looks most fun as opposed to trying like playing with a goal in that game is very time consuming. Right. But my, but I mean, my account is like six or seven years old. Like I I like, sure. I have been playing the game since they released it. Okay. Right. And at this point I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, if I'm going to engage with this and part of it is like, I gave them, you know, $20 or whatever. And so I keep sure signing up for the months of like double action points or whatever. Cause like, I might as well do something with this stuff that I got. <laughs> and like I bought, I used some of my like fate points or whatever to buy the limited time storyline that came out for Christmas, except I got to a point where it's like, I need two things. I was able to get one of them, but now in order to get the other one, I've launched into this insane chain of dependencies. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm right now at the point where I'm trying to build a submarine. A submarine, actually. It was with a Z. <laughs> I didn't right. understand your tweet that was the the two thumbs and one notoriety or whatever. That <laughs> like I have not played this game at all, so I'm I'm a bad Notability is notability. like a late game stat okay. that I have one of and I worked really hard to get one point in it. So I was like, yeah. I'm gonna brag about this. Okay. Um uh, building a a, a submarine a boat of some kind is how you unlock a lot of late game content you see like i think it's actually like sort it's probably what um sunless sea was yeah. in, what came from huh. the, that okay. aspect of, sunless sea is sort of the sequel to oh that makes sense yeah to it yeah yeah and so i i have this this submarine and i was looking at like so one thing i've i figured out about this game is that there's a pretty well-defined economy like if you look at like what wh what things cost and what and how um your uh, connections with uh various factions map to what things cost it seems like they actually like got down sat down and like really carefully thought through like how much everything is exactly worth yeah and for as um, weird and for as weird and seemingly just like arbitrarily made up as the content is like the math is really sound Right, and I think it would have to be to, to come together at all. Yeah, with a, something with so much content. Um, and I, I sat down and I was like, okay, these are the requirements for the submarine. This is how much I make per turn. This is about how many turns I do a day. And it would take me like, and I came up with like, okay, how do I get all of these items? It would take me like a month and a half of grinding just those items. Wow. To get so, I, what I think is that I was supposed to pick the cheaper boat to build now and come back to the submarine like much later 
Huh. Yeah. Um, I, I decided that I it, wanted, like, I, I learned that there are, like, jobs that you can have. And what that does is it gives you some sort of just benefit every week. Right. Like you get, you know, a salary or whatever. You get, like, I a... Mean, like wh- a where like are a, your stats right now? A passel of resources. Um, like, 80s. Right. Like, the, right? Those, jo- those jobs are really good for if you're below 70 on anything. Yeah, so because... there's, those tra- there's those training professions which just raise your stats. But once all your stats are above 70, those become no longer useful to you. But there right. are all these other jobs that you can get by, like, fostering connections with the various factions. And right. so I picked one that I was going to do. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a journalist. I'm going to work for the Bohemians. So I ground up my connected to Bohemians yeah. uh, stat <laughs> by, by, I don't know, reciting poetry in a in a in somewhere and then the next step is to speak to the demimond of the of the bohemians and so the way that you do that is one of those opportunity cards right right so you have this deck of cards that replenishes slowly over time every 10 minutes you can draw one and then one of them and it is of standard rarity is the demimond and then you on that card if you have sufficient connection to the bohemians you can become a journalist and you, you know this because of all kinds of spoilers. i know this from looking it up in a wiki okay and so, so wow that's for, that seems rough trying to figure yep. that out from and first so principles. for three weeks for three weeks every time i think of it i click on fallen london i Open up all of the cards that I've gotten to see if one of them is the fucking Demimond <laughs> so that I can do the one thing that I'm trying to do that I that I think I understand how it works and just nothing, has, nothing has, for three. Have not gotten the card for it not, three weeks. It hasn't happened yet. I went into the forums yesterday and I posted, hey, uh, I just want to make sure that I actually am not doing something really stupid here. This is what I'm trying to do. And I have not seen this card in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of card draws and the consensus on the forums is like nope you're just really unlucky wow so this is just long tail issues yeah and yeah. i mean that, we, we run into that all the time in kol and like yeah no when, and when we recognize one we're like uh okay let's just put some fake let's logic see what in we there. can do about uh, this yeah and, it, right. and it's but I mean, you don't necessarily recognize those when you're building the systems, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, it only but, comes but, up. But I mean, you also has... definitely, you don't recognize, they are indistinguishable as a player from I'm doing the wrong thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I guess what, my, my main question for you, Jim, is have you found any, like the wiki for this game is basically useless. No, oh, yeah, because I, hate, I hate every wiki I've seen. It, like, like it, it, it's all procedurally d- generated, as far as I can tell. The yeah, and, the, and yeah. it's not it's from not the card data at all, uh, right? Because because basically, it's like, all right, what if I want to gather jade fragments? You can go to the wiki and like sources of jade fragments, and then it is just an alphabetical list. Yeah, of and you click on them, that you can and take, but it doesn't tell you where they are. Yeah, sometimes it does. If you click through are. to the individual opportunities. Right, but if there's like a hundred of like, them, right, and which and there like, always are. <laughs> usually, it takes more than one click because often what it does is those uh, the, the the list of sources is actually a list of options you can select on opportunity cards, yeah. and then you have to click again to get to the opportunity card itself to, to know where out that when, comes like up. How you unlock the opportunity card, or what, yeah, like, what, yeah, what, no, that. those are really like, and I don't know if it's realistic to expect a community to build a. Um, a real strategy guide for this game. Like I've seen some like really basic ones or yeah. ones that, that are really limited in scope. But I do think that if it wasn't so easy to procedurally generate a terrible wiki, terrible and yet 
completely comprehensive wiki. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like meaninglessly comprehensive. Right. Um, I do think there would be a much better handwritten one. Oh, you're saying that a better one would exist if it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any sense of how many people play this game. I have no idea if like, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Is it like, know. is this game even a guy's job? It seems like maybe it seems like, like I mean, they hired people to yeah. write on sunless sea, but they also sold a lot of copies of some like sunless sea kept popping up on steam. They also like have done contract gigs and stuff for other. <laughs> yeah. They did that dragon games. age thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they did a Kickstarter for sunless sea, right? They did a Kickstarter for another, thing so i mean fallen, I, like didn't they do like a fallen london expansion you know i don't know i backed it and i still don't know what it was okay <laughs> <laughs> um all right i thought from the kickstarter pitch that it was like a sort of a single player thing set in that universe but that turned out to not be what it was and so i was like oh well this is the thing i'm not interested in so huh. whatever one um yeah yeah, I mean, there are little things that are really useful, like the the end game grinding fact is on one of the wikis, and that one is just very, it's human written, and it's like, here's where you go to get a bunch of all these little things. And that's really useful if you're trying to, to build something larger out of them. Um, I mean, I just wonder, though, like, are there just not enough people seriously playing yeah, this game a, that it, there is one that is the kind of guy that will make a wiki? So here's one way to measure it. You went to the um, you went to the forums on that for that game. How is it busier or less busy than the Kingdom of Loathing forums? Looks about the same. I yeah, that's my sense of it. That it's probably about the same size of player base. Yeah. So it's thousands of people playing. That's my guess. Hmm. And notably, Kingdom of Loathing has a pretty reasonable wiki. We've been around for a lot longer. Though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And, and also I mean, like the, 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 I, the thing is, I don't know that the current KOL fan bases in level of engagement is sufficient, would be sufficient to create that wiki now. Right. No, maybe not. Yeah. Because it's not, things are not getting to the wiki as fast as they used to think, yeah. you know, changes are not being reflected as, as quickly as they used to. Um, and also I think like, this is maybe a misperception on my part, but I feel like the, the baseline content in KOL is much smaller like all the right. extra stuff you guys have been working on is like, as far as I can Extension tell, it goes content. into like optional, like yeah. bonus material sort of stuff. That's also true. Well, right. But, but I mean, it's, I don't know that I, well, and not, my point is just that like, if a wiki is going to cover the game, it can really just cover like the base game and feel comprehensive. The core loop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, in fallen London, I don't know that it's like, I don't know that the distribution of content is really like more like cohesively a part of a central thing. Right. Like, cause yeah. I mean, it almost feels like everything in fallen London is a side quest. It's just, it's very wide. Yeah. And so, I mean, I wouldn't like, I don't honestly know. Is how there, the, is there a, stri- the- there, there is no straight line through the game to a point where you feel like you've completed fallen London. I, as far as I know, like I've, n- there are very few straight lines in the game at all. Okay, well, so then that's yeah. I mean that's the issue, right? Like in KOL, there's a, there's at least a defined. There, yeah, there is there is a like path. a like sort of central loop that it that is yeah, but yeah, like yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, they like, talk about it. They they say there were like two million words of writing. I don't, where do you reckon we are? We're like ten. 
No. Ten words? Yeah, we're t- <laughs> ten to fifteen words, I think. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess that makes Burn sense. Burn three it's of them a lot, in the title. It's a lot easier to <laughs> it's a lot easier to make a wiki that's actually just a sentence. I mean, do you feel like there's more writing in Fallen London than there is in KOL? I I would not have said so. But I would not have said that either of them was like leaps and bounds beyond the other. It I just... think there's probably more game scripting in Fallen London. Huh. That's my guess. That would surprise me a lot. Like, I, I well, I, and I, again, that's partly informed by my only having played the base game. Right. Like, and, I, and to me, a lot of that is, is, is the same combat code running on different types of encounters. Sure. Whereas everything, everything in uh, Fallen London is bespoke like an adventure game. I don't think that's true at all. Like it seems like there's one script in Fallen London, and it is well, it it runs. Here's the, a thing. Here's a bunch of. Here's a list of things that make this outcome available, and a list of things that happen when this outcome is clicked. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. I might just be thinking of that as game logic. Yeah, I mean, like. It is weird to think about, and probably not a super interesting conversation to have on a podcast. Yes, for the audience who are not game designers, yeah. Or and haven't necessarily played either of these games, much less both of them. Right, yeah. Um, but no, this is, this is I, I actually kind of specifically offline want to talk to you about the way that both my game and this game present themselves from yeah. your perspective. Let me know when um, you're back in town. Yeah. Uh, and then I also played, what was the third thing? I played a little bit of a game called You only listed Fjords. one thing so far, so. No, it was Xmas Shotgun Defense. Oh, you're right, sorry. Okay. Fallen London and Fjords. Um, have you played Fjords, Jim? A little bit. So, as I was playing it, I thought. Is this the only share cart game that you played? It it is not because when I went to install it, I already had ShareCart. I think have we did, talked about ShareCart on the podcast? On the podcast, I don't I doubt you, it. You've not been here when we talked about it. We yeah, talked about it a little right. bit. Okay. Did Alex Martin make a make a ShareCart game? Yeah. Because I bet I tried to play whatever one he made. Okay. Because um, that's gonna ha- I, that's gonna have an impact on how you play. Well, I installed it, I installed it fresh. I installed it in a new. Oh, because okay. like I can I appreciate that project. This is just a thing where a bunch of people decided to make a game that all used the same data files. Yes, yeah, right. Save game yeah, so files. ShareCart is like a save format that is cross game. Okay. So you you'll do stuff in one game and then it will alter your save in all other games that huh. use it in unpredictable ways. Basically, I think what that does is it makes it so every game is bullshit <laughs> yeah i was actually a lot more excited about that concept than i was about the specific i looked at the share cart specs and it's pretty restrictive it's pretty specific it looks like it was like oh let's just take the save from fjords fjords wasn't came out first but it was not the first game okay it, well it, it maps schema. really well to fjords so okay. maybe fjords was designed around the format it was yeah. okay yeah so and I, the reason that I wanted to talk to you about this, Jim, is because I, I feel like you have expressed in the past that you are a fan of the sort of glitch aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want I, I want you to explain why. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the context of fjords, I found fjords kind of frustrating and abstruse. Um, I, I mean, in, in terms of like where why I like a particular aesthetic, I mean, we're talking about like. 
like, why do I have a certain, why do I have like a coitus fetish? No, but I'm asking because, because I, because I think that you are, I think that you are a thoughtful enough person that you can articulate what it is that you find appealing. Yeah. I mean, about a specific thing. So I like, I like glitches in part because they provide insight into the, the underlying function of what's happening. Um, I also just, yeah, I don't know. Like that, that's, that's all I have to say about that. Like, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I like glitch stuff a lot too, but it's, it's, I can't really put my finger on. Like, so I saw a music, like my introduction to, um, the, uh, the MPEG artifact glitch scene was, um, uh, the, the chairlift music video for evident utensil. And that was just, it was just really cool to see, um, the things I had only seen done as mistakes utilized in a. That's a thing where there's way. like a boob moving around in the outline of a dick. <laughs> it's <laughs> because you've dragged to a point between keyframes. Like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Except, well, and. At first, I thought you meant in the music video, and I mean it is kind of like <laughs> salacious, but <laughs> yeah, like that. And so, and like it's uh, yeah, clear I mean, that like the director chose like chose shots that would move in an interesting way yeah, with respect exactly, to other ones. Exactly. So that's that's right. That I. It is definitely the case that there are interesting things that can come out of that. Fjords did not feel on purpose. Like fjords just yeah, felt like I didn't it, get it. it I didn't get like, far enough in fjords to know what's interesting about it. It so uh, the only thing that I managed to do was I managed to like get up to that terminal, turn on the ability for me to sort of teleport around instead of being constrained by the normalish game rules. Yeah. Then go up until the world was just a endlessly repeating screen of glitchy garbage forever. Yeah. And. It didn't feel like I had accomplished anything. Yeah, like, I mean, it I, felt like I had gone far enough that they just weren't paying attention to what was going to be there anymore. <laughs> and that is so I used to get into these arguments, not arguments exactly. I used to I used to get into these discussions with my artist friend Roy about individual elements of pieces of art that we would go look at in galleries that I did and didn't like. And I think what it came down to for me was I don't like things that don't seem intentional. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I don't. So like Jackson Pollock paintings. Yeah. For instance, like I think that maybe Jackson Pollock and Piet Mondrian are both equally either bullshit or not bullshit, but I would rather look at a Mondrian than a Jackson Pollock. Hmm. Sure. Because I think I think that it is pretty clear that Mondrian made a bunch of choices, right? And Roy's argument was always Pollock either chose not to choose, you know, the guy who, like, Roy understood that the individual elements of his work where there was just some shit splattered on some other shit were things that he did on purpose, and maybe he did it 10 times and painted over it until it looked right or whatever, mm -hmm. but to me it still looked like an accident, Rather than a thing that he did on purpose. Yeah, this was and like from things the, that I didn't like from about the his viewer's stuff perspective, all that really matters is what it looks like, right? It doesn't. 
really matter whether or not the artist intended it be exactly that. Yeah, I mean, this is a thing that we learned, like a thing that I have to remind myself of all the time. Like, if there's a thing in a thing that I've made that was really hard to make, nobody cares. <laughs> like, that doesn't justify... Unless you like, can convey in some seamless way, ideally, that it was really hard to make, in which case... that. that then the viewer will probably really appreciate that. Like a, well, a book that was written without using the vowel E or whatever. Yeah, or, or like mm. Scribble Knots, I think, is a classic mm. example of that. Like, it's not a very good game, but like, it's really obvious. It's impressive. They, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, that's... But, the like, you cannot make somebody feel better about delivering something late by explaining that it was hard. Because <laughs> fuck you is the answer to that from their perspective, yeah. right? Like, you told them a thing was going to be there and then it wasn't. They don't care how hard it was. Like, they care what it is. And, yeah, I don't, like, Fjords felt to me like Starseed Pilgrim, except I didn't care to get it. Mm-hmm. And it, it just made me kind of sad because it felt it felt like a thing that had potential, but was or that has potential and maybe is it, it, maybe it represents the manifestation of that potential. But because of the way that it presents itself, I just don't want to mess with it because I don't trust it. Right. Whereas yeah. like, Starseed Pilgrim was inscrutable, but just gorgeous on every axis. Right. Yeah, and, and so and Starseed Pilgrim felt intentional. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it was just a pleasure to play. Whereas this is unpleasant. And I don't know if it is intentional enough to tolerate the unpleasantness to try to get something out of it. Yeah. I, have you played, um, Corrypt? Yeah. So I, I have a different problem with Corrypt, which is that the baby portion of that game is too hard for me to, solve any of the puzzles and so i never actually got to play the real game okay yeah and so i just my spatial skills are so bad that even an easy i was gonna say sudoku it's not what i meant sokoban it's sokoban it's a japanese word they're all the same yeah <laughs> the sushi the sushi puzzles they're too hard for me sure um but you know that that's the thing. Like, I think that a lot of the reason why Michael Bro's style is very appealing to me is because it is extremely intentional. Oh yeah. I, you know, I have to say though, if all I had ever seen was Glitch Tank, I would not be inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. Or what about uh, How to Be a Great Artist in Ten Seconds or whatever? Yeah, I've still not. I mean, that's just a toy, right? I mean, which is fine. I mean, it's nominated for the IGF, right? Well, right, but it's... Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I mean... I wonder I, if I could, like, bake a cupcake and enter that in the IGF if I paid them the hundred bucks. Yeah, I bet you I bet you could. I would judge it if they'd fucking let me. <laughs> anyway, I also played some WoW and some Skyrim, but... Oh. Have you, I, I actually, um, I started doing old raids in, uh, in WoW. Have you seen, uh, Ulduar yet? I don't remember. It's, it was, uh, I think it's, it's in, uh. It's one of the dwarf ones where you go and find the universe yeah, forge or in, whatever. Yeah, in, uh, Ice Crown. 
but it's it's totally soloable and with like a level 100 character and and gear and is that I, the one with I the elevator it. the elevator that goes up to the top at the end and there's four different bosses uh, that's the, I, don't I don't remember, remember man but no, you should you should check out the Alduar raid because it's 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 totally soloable and it's super cool in there. That is my recommendation to you. Hmm. As, All right, as as someone who plays a little bit of WoW, what have you been doing in WoW? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh, finally decided I'm gonna make a shadow priest, and that's what my really? level ninety boost is gonna be. Yeah, hmm. and uh, so I made a dwarf shadow priest so that I could see whatever their tutorial. I was wrong about what there was as far as like a tutorial for a new level 90. Oh. It all it does is it lets you play through the opening scene, like the opening sort of like long probably hour long quest, the kind of cinematic quest of going through the portal and breaking yeah, it from the other of side. The yeah. Lords of uh except it just sort of doles all of your spells out to you uh, a few at a time as you complete those quests. I see. But it doesn't really explain anything beyond a few paragraph blurbs of text, which now I don't feel like that choice was all that important anymore. So, Hmm. yeah, I mean, that's sort of a tutorial. It is. Yeah. If you, if you were just thrown into a max level character with no explanation of what anything did, I think you would probably end up doing some really weird shit with your. Yeah. I mean, like basically what they do, what they, what they do generally in, in wow now is when you pick your spec at like level 10, they just give you your rotation. They give you what your end game rotation is going to be and then fill out utility powers and, you Mm -hmm. know, cooldowns and, and just random beneficial things situational things that you can do yeah like but like you start with the skills that you're basically just going to need to spam yeah in order it was like every every like every two levels i got to pick one of three things that were like bonuses and then in the alternate levels it gave you one of I think like five things that you would eventually have all of them, but it gave them to you in a random. Oh yeah. That's the, that's a, the weird way that they handled leveling through. Yeah. They didn't add any new skills to the class. They just got rid of, which I mean, it makes sense because they got rid of a shitload of skills for this expansion, but then they don't give you any more. They just give you passive improvements to existing skills, but they give them to you in random order. Every other level. Yeah. Weird, and some of them are like were or like Draenor specific. Like one of them I got was uh, when I'm when I'm stealthed, I can still move at normal uh, normal run speed, but only in but Draenor. only in Draenor. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's interesting. Future proof. Yeah, true. So, <clears throat> uh, I've been playing Rocksmith. Oh yeah, the uh, the 2014 edition, and I've been you know this is. This is me talking about the original game. I'm actually super impressed with the DSP work in this game. Like, I would not have expected anybody to be able to write a program to take a guitar signal and get individual notes out of it. That's digital signal processing? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty standard, right? Like, you can. I mean, it it is like it's a thing that you can. So when. Melodyne did that in like 1999. That was considered a huge breakthrough. Huh. Um, and it's still a, like, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a, a problem you write your white paper about, right? Um, 
and I wouldn't have expected it to to be possible to do in real time on a on a console, right? <laughs> and on an arbitrary guitar that is going to be super noisy. Yeah. But, I mean, I assume you have to tune it before you play, right? You do. Yeah, yeah, you have to tune it, like, yeah. basically every 30 seconds or so. I, I think I might just need some new strings, but... <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, um, so, I and, and I also I was also really impressed with, like, how much better this game is at teaching you guitar than Rock Band 3 was. Because I actually... Because oh, Rock Band 3 had the, like, guitar with buttons on every fret. It, well, it did that, but they also had, they also sold a, like, a real strat that had sensors built in that would, it was a, it was, it used actual strings, but it had sensors built into the fretboard somehow that knew where you were putting your fingers. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. So that's mm-hmm. not right. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was something that could, they could have a- used to make a good yeah. learning tool. Um, but, like, trying to map that, trying to use the existing guitar hero template of like that, that, that five. descending five notes at yeah. you. Yeah. Like trying to do it within that template really didn't work out well at all. <sighs> um, and the way Rocksmith handles it is a lot smarter. It's more it is. A- I, I, man, I spent about an hour and a half, two hours with Rocksmith and never really got, I never really internalized that, Oh yeah, you need to. It, it, you you start really getting a handle on it more like ten hours in. It, you have to okay. work at it. Um, can you use an acoustic guitar, or does it have to be an electric? I've done it you with. Have to, a, you have to have pickups. You have to have. It has, well, I, I've done it with a, an acoustic electric, which uses a microphone. Oh wow! Mm. Um, it's noisy though, so it's not doesn't it it it's not as reliable. Okay, I've also. And this was where, like, I really liked the original game. Um, I, I played it with, it had a bass mode. And so every song also had a bass part that you could play on a bass. And that's what I wanted to do with the new one. But it turns out, like, in the past year or so, my bass has stopped outputting a signal. Yeah. So, that's like, probably a, just a simple part that you could Yeah, replace. that's the thing. Yeah, like, there's not much to I, that, I figure right? It's like, like a magnet with a wire on I it. I figure, like, if bass players can fix basses, it can't be that hard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. um, and so that's something I'm going to get to eventually. But, like, my, my actual, like, my... I'm, I'm playing this game, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm getting better at guitar while playing it. But... I know in the back of my mind that I'm going to do this for a month and then not going to play guitar again for until the next Rocksmith comes out. And that's just like something I've kind of accepted. Yeah, I carted my electric guitar to San Francisco when I bought and I bought Rocksmith and then I played it for those two hours. And then I eventually, right before I left for Christmas, put it in the closet because I was (laughs) tired of moving it out of the way every time I opened the drawer on the dresser. (laughs) Right. I mean, it struck me that, like, I used to enjoy just fucking around with a guitar, and that is how I learned to play the guitar to the extent that I know how to play the guitar. Sure. And this, playing Rocksmith really feels like work. And I'm, like, never in the mood to do that when I get home from work. Yeah, I I mean, for me, um, I grew up a musician, and I spent a lot of my life making music but for me, like the past couple of years have been focused 
so so hyper focused on game development that I haven't really had time for to think about making music, and I kind of feel bad about that. But I'm I think I'm a lot better at game design than I am at uh, at composing. So it doesn't feel that bad to, to. Well, you must be really really bad at composing, then. <laughs> That's what they tell me. Um. And you know, I, I I made I made music in the process of making Frog Fractions, right? Like a lot of like half of those songs were mine, so it's not like these things can't go together. But part of it is that I know so many amazing musicians right now that it yeah. seems dumb to like not just yeah, you guys you guys do the do that stuff, and I'll and I'll you're probably also in that like seven seventieth percentile valley where you can see all of the things that you're terrible at. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, you're still like, but you could still pick up a guitar and impress almost anyone's mom. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Like, that's why I'm actually playing Rocksmith is I can't play anything. Like what I'm good at to the extent that I am good at music is, um, is just the composition. Like not okay. so, and not ex- not execution of anything like. Well, I, I, well, execution like in a performative sense. So like, I'm okay at production. Um, but you can't just like sit around a campfire and play a song on an acoustic guitar right. and everybody sings along. But I could bring my laptop to the campfire oh, and spend an hour like guy. writing a techno song. The, the campfire <laughs> at the atheist retreat. Right, yeah, where they don't believe in fire. <laughs> yeah. It's just a flashlight. What? It's the same thing. <laughs> and I've been playing. Um, what's Kim, a, what's your what's your song on Rocksmith? Oh, like the one all of them. The one I like best. Um, yeah. Well, it, it's it would be uh, a downloadable song, which I played on bass, which I really like playing on bass, which is um, "Alive" by Pearl Jam. That's a song that I really like. I it's a pretty tricky bass part, but I just liked the song enough that I was able to grind it out to the point where I could do a reasonable performance of it. And so that was really satisfying. Um, one thing that I am really frustrated by is um, I had remembered there being a mixer in the previous game where you could turn down the original guitar part in the master track of the song you were playing. And what you actually heard was just your guitar. Hmm. Um, Is that not the case? Yeah. Uh, that's like you that's not the case in the new game. And I thought it was different, but then I actually went back. Like I was talking to, to a friend of mine who also played both games and he said, yeah, that wasn't there. Huh. That didn't exist. And I think I just hallucinated it because I, actually booted up the old game to verify. And it's weird because that makes, seems like an obvious option, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to like teach people to play it, like be getting a high score in the game is not the important part about playing the guitar. Right. The important part is sounding good. Um, and if you're hearing like this professionally performed guitar part, under yours, even if yours is the louder one, right? it's going to affect how you perceive it. And so it could be that I was much worse at that song than I thought I was. Huh. I mean, I guess, you know, they could justify not having that feature by saying, why don't you just play the song without the game turned on? Well, because I want the rest of the track. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. 
So yeah. you want you want like a guitar version of karaoke. Yeah, guitaraoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they don't <laughs> actually have it isolated out. I they if that may be the case. Then maybe the the master tracks don't have that. And I know for did, example, did you ever look at that torrent dump of all of the masters? That was yeah that that was stuff almost entirely ripped from Rock Band and Guitar Hero games. And they weren't a, to a large extent they were not what you would expect which was tracks with a single instrument on them. And I think maybe it's just because they weren't recorded that way. Right, right. So That's it's entirely possible what, that no one has the thing that you want. Right, and it's going to depend on, you know, probably album to album is going to vary. Um, and, I mean, the ones know, they you, did covers of for Rock Band, then those are perfectly fine. isolated, right? Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the tracks in Rock Band, once they switched over to um, to the master tracks, a lot of them are like, yeah, even if you're not playing the guitar part, you can still faintly hear it just because it's on the the rest of the tracks as well. Hmm. Oh, because that's just that was just part of the recording process. Because they just did it in the same room. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so that's not realistically a feature that is perfect or could be perfect but they could have i i wonder like if it would have cost them more money to do that Mm. like more licensing higher licensing cost are you um are you doing this because you want to make music for frog fractions too no i'm doing this because i think it's cool to play the guitar to edify yourself dad yeah yeah you want to be a cool guy? Oh, oh man, I want so bad to be a cool guy. Jim, you're a cool guy in my heart. Hey, do I play guitar in your heart? Yeah, I can imagine you playing the guitar. Okay, that's good I can imagine. You know, I can imagine you playing guitar on stage at a bar easier sure. than I can imagine well, myself yeah, and or like, either of these other guys doing it. Like, I think I actually am good enough to do that. <laughs> I, but, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, like, I, I am... Actually, I'm actually going through a little bit of soul searching here because, like, last time I played Rocksmith, the the 2009 edition or whatever it was, I actually was taking, like, music making as a hobby much more seriously as something that I just wanted to do with my life. And these days, it's that hobby has just been pushed to the background a lot. And so there's a little bit less justification in it, but it's still fun. Which is maybe enough. Yeah. I feel like... I mean, I think, you know, there is a, there's an hourglass trajectory in a life, right? Like, you start out fucking around, doing all kinds of shit, and then eventually you figure out the thing that you need to do professionally, and then you do that for a while, and then if you're lucky, you live long enough to retire and start fucking around doing everything and also building model railroads. <laughs> that's, that's part of everything. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, but I'm saying you didn't do that before. So like maybe yeah. you stop doing one thing that you did when you were 14 and yeah, start I mean, making if, model railroads. If my retirement looks like my teenage years, like that's not entirely terrible. Yeah. It could be fine. Yeah. I mean, I could uh, chance to, to do that shit over again. Yeah. Shit, like man. imagine it, listening it, it, to a lot of They Might Be Giants, but being less of an asshole. <laughs> that sounds okay. <laughs> I was listening to tracker music. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. 15 year old me. I just want to fucking go give him a hug. <laughs> hmm. 
I kind of want to just kick mine in the nuts. A very sad person. Yeah, well, you know, probably that too. Okay, a hug, but I want to make it very, very clear that it's a disappointed hug. (laughs) Fuck you, Jim. Uh, Uh, And I've been playing um, Kim Kardashian Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? And it's... I, I I've been playing this basically like what what grade celebrity are you? I'm a, I'm grade B right now. Okay. Have grade you guys played v? it then? No. B B oh. like a B list celebrity. Yeah. Oh, uh, that 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 was would have been funnier once when I was D list because people don't say that. <laughs> right. You know. Have you given them any money, Jim? No. God no. No, <laughs> I am vehemently against <laughs> paying. Like if if they had if they had a thing you could pay to turn off the ads i would do that but i i don't pay for in-game currency just on a philosophical basis um so you never give fallen london any money i think i might i don't think i have if i had i i don't i'm not against giving them um money to open up like the what was the thing you can't get into? There's a there's an area of the world you can only get into if you pay money. Oh right. Or like, or like unlocking storylines with fate. I think that's fine. Um, and that's some, that's, categor- that's categorically different somehow than what the Kim Kardashian. I, knowing well, nothing about the Kim Kardashian game. Yeah, is the it Kim just, Kardashian game. Like, is there paying- just one currency and there is a hard currency and there is a soft currency. Um, and the hard currency is doled out like when you level up. So it happens less and less as you go through the game. Um, and, or you could just pay money for it. And there's the soft currency, which you earn all the time in game. Um, what, what are those currencies? One is dollars, which is the soft currency. And one is like... Boring. One is like... St- st- I don't know what they call them, but they're like stars with a K on them. Huh. For Kim, K- or, or K- Dark stars. Stars. perhaps from K- Kar- or perhaps for Kardashian. Kardashians. Ooh. <laughs> um, and you use though, like, just it's arbitrary when you open up the in-game shop. Like, some items cost stars, some items cost dollars. Oh, I bet it's not arbitrary. <laughs> well, it looks arbitrary to me. Like, it's all. I'll, I'll bet it is deliberately selected by monsters. <laughs> I mean, I admit. The clothing that costs stars looks cooler. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably a thing. There's this cat I keep passing on the streets of downtown LA in the game. Oh, and a cat, <laughs> not a, like a hep cat? It's a cat. It's like a kitten. Okay. Maybe. Um, and... I whenever I tap on the cat, it like wants me to adopt it, and it costs stars to adopt it. That is so. not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is what is the gameplay of this game? Yeah, that that was that's probably something I should get into. Um, it's it's actually structurally a lot like Fallen London, except very narrow. So you start out like you are working in a um, clothing store, and there is. There are these scenes where, like, characters show up and talk to you. And so in the clothing store, Kim Kardashian comes up and befriends you and you help her out, like, by choosing clothes for her or something. I forget. Um, and she, through this series, this dialogue series, sets you on your way to become a celebrity in the world of 
party celebrities or whatever you call that world of celebrities who don't actually do anything. Um, Reality stars. Yeah, maybe. Um, and you get a manager and you get, you meet people in the game that you can flirt with. Um, and flirting costs stars. So like you can build this connection that you can, you start, you can start dating people or are they can, real? Are they real people? Uh, the only real person that I recognize is Kim Kardashian. And I didn't recognize her. I just recognized her name. Um, I recognized her as the, um, same person in the intro video where Kim, the, there's a video of the real Kim Kardashian saying hi. Um, But I mean, it's not. Are you are you flirting with Ashton Kutcher? Are you no? Flirting it's with as far as I can tell, they are characters that Smith. are made up by the uh, developers. Okay, and they're not like parodies of existing celebrities. They they might be. I don't know. Huh. Um. Well, th- so uh, there's a character that. Oh, so, so I'll I'll get to try to get to this in order. Um. So you um. The way you interact with the game world is by, like, you can, you can tap on the bus icon to go to another part of L.A. And when within each part of L.A., you can scroll around. Your character doesn't actually animate, or, or she, like, goes through this, like, brushing her hair animation or whatever. Uh, but she doesn't walk around. You just scroll. That's how she pays for the bus. <laughs> right. Here are um, four of my hairs. And you can tap on locations to go in them, or you can tap on, like, oh, there's a seagull. I'll tap on that seagull, and it coughs up, like, a dollar. Or, like, a lightning bolt to give you more in-game work. energy. No, you have to put an Alka-Seltzer in to get a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Um, and the, the way the game doles out storyline is by having your manager call you, or... I mean, you, actually, it's mostly that. Like, you get phone calls and you get tweets from from celebrity re- news reporters saying, like, here's the latest update on Willow Pape. And Willow Pape said this about you. Except it doesn't say you. It says because it's a, it's a tweet, right? It's not directed at you. Um, and Willow Pape is this, like, it's ba- she's basically the Gary Oak of oh. Kim Kardashian Hollywood. She's like... Someone who's, who's always like getting up in your grill and is oh, always is one Pokemon step ahead guy? of you. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's, rival. I think he's from Pokemon Red. Yeah, he's like your rival from that game that is always like, oh, you 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 discover this cool thing. Oh, Gary Oak is already there, and uh, he challenges like you to a, a fight. <laughs> well, th- that's what I was going to get at when you were asking if there are celebrity parodies in the game. I was actually looking. I was actually reading about this game, and I found this article like trying to break down who Willow Pape is supposed to be. And they posted... It looks like Paris Hilton? Well, they posted photos of, like, two or three different celebrities, including Kim Kardashian, wearing Willow Pape's exact outfit. Huh. So, it's... It's not clear. It's not clear who that's supposed to be. But, like, you meet her every, you know, every few events, and she's always saying something nasty. Um... But the gameplay, such as it is, it's sort of structured like an adventure game, but then you have these events where you're, like, doing a photo shoot, or you're hosting a party, or you're on a date, and this is where you spend your in-game energy, and so, like, one of the things you can do um, on the date is, like, play footsie, 
or order the chef's special. And playing footsie only costs energy, but ordering the chef's special costs energy and dollars. And you need to, like, the, the one place in this game where you actually need to, like, make a smart decision is whether or not to start an event now, depending on, like, whether or not... Depending on whether you can pay enough attention in real time over the neck over the duration of the event, hmm. because if you're not paying attention to when your energy refills and you spend it, you're going to finish the event with a bad rating because you didn't spend enough energy on it. It's all very like the reason I started playing this game was like to kind of get an education in like these two worlds in the world of celebrity gossip because I was curious about that, and the world of free-to-play games, because I was curious, I'd never really played a game like this. And so, like, I'm I'm talking about this game as if it's a singular thing, because it's my introduction to the genre, but I bet every free-to-play game can be described like this. That's, I mean, there's a lot of dual currency and timer-based stuff. Yeah. I mean, not... And it's, not, it's well-made. Not all, like, hashtag not all free-to-play games, Jim. Yeah, no, uh, no that's true. Like... It's true, but, like, I think there are a lot of games that literally are just that. Sure, um, yeah. I mean, it's like the sort of Mafia Wars and it's, model, right? It's which still is compelling, kind of, right? Which is kind of what Fallen London is a descendant of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Fallen London, it did strike me that these games were very similar. Uh, except that Fallen London is a lot broader in how it gives you content. Sure. Like, you... I mean, I think Fallen London is actually generous with the developer's time. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being just mercenary. Yeah. Right? But it does... It, I mean, the things that bother me about Fallen London are the things that it shares with all of this shit, which is like, your energy runs out real fast. You could come back in 45 minutes or you can give us a dollar. Yeah. Like, which I just think is gross. Yeah. Um, I agree. I I do wish it were not like that. And I would probably, like, if there were a way I could buy Fallen London and just have as many turns as I wanted. I don't know. That, that, would, prob- that would probably actually suck. You're right, yeah. yeah. But if it were more like Kingdom of Loathing, where it's just a certain number of turns a day, that would be much better, I think. I, I mean, I agree with that, clearly. But <laughs> Well, I yeah, we've already had this conversation. But that's Pro- the thing. Probably you're even still, on the podcast. Like, you're still playing Fallen London, and you're not still playing Kingdom of Loathing, which... That's true. That, right? So... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's true, and I think, like, a lot of that is what I was getting out of Kingdom of Loathing was kind of like, here's a relaxing thing to do while I, I'm going to sleep or whatever. Um, and then I, oh, I hit a puzzle that I don't know how to solve, and I had to actually think. And that, that was where I stopped. Whereas in Fallen London, you can just, like, tap, tap, tap and make some progress towards something. Yeah. Even, and if, like, it, even if it is something orthogonal to the thousand other things that you're also in the middle of making progress right, towards. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, there aren't, there aren't, like, there is always one choice to make, which is which of the billion things that are available to me do I do. Yeah. But that's it, right? Like, I, there, there are there are choices in the game, but they're pretty rare. There are times you have to make a decision. Um, we have to make the decision of whether to keep talking about Kim Kardashian Hollywood story. Well, I just wanted to, to say that like it's 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 actually really well made and compelling and the sort of the in a kind of a rags to riches story way, a very traditional structure. And I'm really hoping there is like an actual ending 
Because if it's just you hit A-list and then keep grinding, that's really <laughs> depressing. There's got to be triple A-list and then yeah, S-list. I'm, yeah, I would be shocked if there's a, if there's a definitive ending. There, yeah, there yeah, can't be a hard I mean, ending. Could, it would, be, it yeah. would just be financial suicide for the guy that decided that was going to be how it worked. Yeah, the other thing that I'm worried about is like whether or not it will become impossible to realistically progress without spending money. Because... I've I've hit events like I'm hitting these more and more where like you have to be more and more diligent about spending every ounce of your energy to finish an event with uh, the rating you need. Um, whereas mm-hmm. like early on, like, well, especially like your first play session, it refills your energy every time you level up. So I hit like level six before I actually ran out. Yeah, that's pretty typical of those. That Yeah, I actually thought that was a really clever bit of design to like just give you a, an extra time with the game at the beginning to hook you and to do it in a way that's actually just built into the game system and not like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when we did Farmville as an assignment and then later on Castleville, um, it was, it was surprising how many specifics of the way that the rate at which things are doled out, are basically the same across all of these. Like that's sort of a problem that they solved seven, eight years ago. Yeah. That makes sense. Like it's way easier to just copy the way an existing game does it than to actually do the research yourself. Like, especially since it has to be so perfective to be perfected to be competitive. But I don't think that you can hang all of the success of the Kim Kardashian game on the execution of those mechanics, no, right? Like, like the, there has to be something that is deeply compelling about it. The same yeah, with yeah, Simpsons Tapped Out. Like the Simpsons Tapped Out is a game that people who like Family Guy more than the Simpsons will play the shit out of, and they will not play the Family Guy version of the Simpsons Tapped oh, Out. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like, because there there like there's obviously just something good about the game. And to like say no, it's just exploitative bullshit. Free to play is is reductive, right? Like it's. I mean, well, it's there's target a, audience is is different than a lot of these other games, though, right? Like, you know, I, far, farming, I guess, is is super neutral. Farming was, I thought, a really weird choice. Like, I don't know who romanticizes farming. Yeah, everybody. Farming is awesome. Is it? <sighs> okay. I mean, I I trust you. <laughs> um, I so I romanticize farming. That's okay. Okay, that that isn't something I did not know. Yeah, um, that's why Agricola is a good board game. Yeah, Zach likes all board games about. Man, I like board games about farming. Like, because I, I, farm I, I've been wondering why do people keep making fucking board games about farming, or yeah, like it's because of it's Zach. specifically because of Zach. because yes, they know I will buy them. Yeah. Okay. Hundreds of thousands of copies of each of them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it is how's, well made. How's, how's that game you got and, that's specifically about farming grapes? It's good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't played the expansion yet, but we're going to tomorrow. Apparently, there's, there's you can what, get milk. What's the name of this grape milking game? Viticulture. Okay, that's it's a good that name. I just bought because the so this this guy made a game that is actually good, really good and thematically cool about sort of managing workers in a sort of dystopian future and trying to keep them from learning enough to desert you while they're euphoria your goals. Yeah, but then he just that's he made game. another game that's just about running a winery. 
And it's like, it's fine. Like in the abstract, it's just a game about spending resources and moving counters around, you know? And thematically, like it's, it's adequate. <laughs> like, oh, this guy wants a bottle of Pinot Grigio. Okay. Yeah, I, I forgot one of who those. gave this talk. I think it was at GDC, but it the gist of it was that <laughs> theming is what attracts players to the game, but gameplay is what keeps them there. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the attention talk that Richard Lemarchand gave. I it? don't remember. Okay. Plausible. Anyway. Attention is, is what it was about. Yeah, that was... Yeah, we were probably in the same room with you during that talk, Jim. Yeah. That that's happened before. <laughs> also, we were both at that one REM concert in 1998. That's really? probably not true. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I thought was interesting, I, I saw like an article talking about how Steam hit 8.3 million accounts, which just caused me to think. I don't have any idea what that means in terms of relative numbers of that's, anything. I think that's really low. Well, okay, so so Steam has yeah, like that 8. surprises 3. me. Yeah, that's not as many people as World of Warcraft. Right. So Steam has eight point three million accounts. WoW has like you know ten to twelve million accounts at its peak. Um, so that like that that uh, kind of makes have, me think that do you there have are numbers for League of Legends. There, I don't because like I think that's in like the fifty million range. It is. Yeah, that's a good point. So there's there does are Asia does Asia use Steam? I don't know. Cause I know Europe does, right? I think so. Um so yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so I should probably go I feel back. like opening opening the same service up to the Chinese market as is open to the American market causes the numbers to get way bigger. Right. Okay. That's true. Like WoW's numbers excluding Asia are, are much, much lower, lower than Steam. Yeah, in America. So um, I don't. I and that's the thing. I don't know if Steam is broadly available in Asia. So like, then I looked at the consoles and like it. That's there's some interesting numbers. I don't know if you like this is. I don't know if anyone else cares. Um, but like, it's it's weird how they've been declining. Like PlayStation Two sold 155 million units. PlayStation Three sold 80 million. PlayStation Four has only sold 15 million so far. Well, PlayStation 3 was probably the least popular of the three consoles yeah. of that generation. Yeah, and how, how many how did they many... sell in the first, like, six months? Yeah, like, Xbox, how, how many 360's, sold Xbox 360 time. sold 85 million, so it was it definitely beat out okay. PlayStation 3, but it was not it was not a, like, a Yeah, a what about winner. the Wii for that generation? Uh, was that just the actual Wii? The original Wii was 100 yeah. million. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, that's really... It... So, there wasn't really a competitor to the PS2. Like, not really. There is the, the original Dreamcast. Xbox. Well, there was, was the Xbox. The and there was the Xbox. and there was twenty-five million. Game, but like none yeah. of them were like the PS2 was far and away the winner of that generation. I suspect right. that like I I want to know what you get if you add up total consoles sold per generation. Per generation. Yeah, like that's interesting. Because that's the size of the audience. I mean, what do you think is selling now? <laughs> Right. I mean, I think that what right people now, are doing now is they're continuing weird... to play their fucking Xbox 360. I, and their I agree. PS3. Right now, well, that's right. like Xbox you know, One has only sold about five million units. So we're far. like in a half, like we're the generation is out, but nobody really cares yet, and maybe there ha- there will. haven't been any like real serious games that only have come out for the new consoles, right? Um, right, or have right. there, and I just haven't been paying attention. There right. hasn't been like a GTA game that you can only play on the Xbox right. One, right? And I think the PS4 the PS4. sold ten million. Um, uh, 
It's it's a 15 so far. 15? Okay, yeah. And that's still twice as much as lifetime PC sales of Half-Life 2, right? Sure. Um, but that's a, that's a platform versus a game. Well, that's... Yeah, half, Everybody but... who has Half-Life 2 has Steam. Okay. Um, and I, th- I think... Sure. Yeah, oh, remember how terrible of an idea Steam was when Half-Life 2 came out? Oh, man. You know, that was I, just destroying I remember, gaming. I remember buying Half-Life 2 on Steam, specifically, as opposed to in the store, specifically, like, with the thought that, like, okay, if I do it this way, I can be happy about Steam instead of angry. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I, I, I think... I think there's actually a pretty good mapping to number of Steam users, the number of Half-Life 2 um, owners. Okay. Um, I remember looking this up at one point and noting that, like, yeah, Half-Life 2 sold, like, 7 million copies or something like that. And and then, like, Mario Kart for the Wii sold 30 million. Okay. And just, like, then that's not really a good comparison, except that... That's one of the most famous and popular PC games and one of the most famous and popular console games. Sure. Like, the, the, the market disparity there is enormous. How many smartphones do you think were sold in 2013? Worldwide. A, I would a, have a to billion. imagine yeah, something like it's that. It's close to a billion. Yeah, I, I would have so, imagined, like, the low hundred million, but... it It is obvious to me now why so much game development focuses yeah. on mobile why there were 138,000 yeah. games but i mean yeah. Yeah. i think yeah. there are so few companies i i would i'm guessing and i don't know this for a fact but i am guessing that there are fewer companies making a living selling mobile games than selling pc and console games i i think that's maybe true um I, it is really really hard to to break into to like to to make a profitable mobile game with the yeah. the G- monsters getting, that are in there right now, is, yeah. and the fact that no one is willing to pay any amount of money for one at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the, the solution to that is just to to be a monster and uh, make a make game free to play garbage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's yeah, and that's the next step up. Like if if consoles are exponentially more popular and and profitable as pc pc games phones are again the next step up right it's it's, but i mean that doesn't mean that it's the right place to go well you know no but it explains a lot of the behavior of publishers and in the market that's that was just something that like i had been confused by until i decided to just look up all the numbers yeah but hey the igf yeah a lot of video games are good i guess yeah, I don't know. So I some of those IGF it. nominees are on phones. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I'm I, like, I, I was pretty pleased with the list of games that I saw. The only thing that made me sad was that there are so many other games that were entered into the IGF that were good, and I, you know, I didn't see. I saw, you know, ten to fifteen percent of the games, maybe, mm-hmm. and there were a bunch of stuff that I thought was as good. Well, there were one hundred thirty-eight thousand entrants. That's true. <laughs> so. Um, they were like, <laughs> it's just, it's just the app store. They've spray painted IGF on the screen of your phone. <laughs> right. They're like, all right, get to judging. Oh, <laughs> You'll judge by giving it up to five stars. <laughs> if you really want, you can write a paragraph about it. 
Mm. Any any standouts, Kevin, in the actual published list? Um, Anything you're excited about? I mean, I there are a couple I should look it up, uh, but there are a couple that I'm really glad managed to to net um, nominations. <laughs> I saw that the vanishing of Ethan Carter was nominated for the one thing no one had ever mentioned about it: its audio. <laughs> Huh, that is, that is interesting. I saw, uh, I think, Teller's Principle made. Yeah, that's nominated for Grand Prize, which I think is good. Yeah. This War of Mine. Super did any of you guys good. play any of this War of Mine? Huh. No. It looked interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those games that is just meant to be really stressful and depressing to play. Mm. <laughs> right. Um, like Papers, Please, or Cart Life. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um it unlike I haven't played Papers Please, uh, but unlike Cart Life at least, and the fact that like I found out later that Cart Life was made in that fucking Sierra adventure game engine, really? which explains why all of its interfaces are so terrible. I thought it was just a choice, um, <laughs> right? But this War of Mine is really the UI is really good, and it's like really easy to grok the gameplay systems they are just incredibly punishing. And I don't think that... I don't think that I could ever play it for real because I think that in order to play it for real, you basically just have to, like, steal from and fuck over innocent people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the point. Right, and I just... I'm not going to do that, so I just don't get to play it. Um, yeah. Because it's like, I don't, I don't need to be taught to feel bad about stealing food from old people. Like, well, I, I point feel so bad of, that I won't even pretend to do that. Well, the so. point is that, I, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but like the point is like to to put you in the position of right where uh, you have to make terrible decisions, right, that run and, and counter to, to what you think to you realize would do that and, these things emerge. They're not people aren't doing them because they're bad people. They're doing them because this is something that emerges from the system they are placed in. Right. No, I understand. And I think that's one of the more powerful lessons that like that games can teach, like they're really good at that. And um, it's also a lesson that is kind of, kind of important to get across to, to our culture in general. So I worry though, that a game like this doesn't, it's not going to land with the people that, could use the message the most well the the audience for art games is super small and right and all and already super liberal yeah so 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 yeah you're right i mean what you need to do is you need to insidiously sneak these messages into a kim kardashian hollywood game wow right (laughs) i'll I'll, i'm I'm gonna keep playing it so i'll let you know if that happens (laughs) if if something like that emerges yeah if you if you figure out that it's frog fractions too yeah (laughs) yeah that that'd be pretty cool Mm. i should talk to those guys um so i was was glad the killer queen was yeah for design Um, yeah those are those are good dudes and a good game i was really glad that uh shovel knight was nominated in audio um I was glad that Bounden and How Do You Do It were both nominated for Nuovo. I feel like those are both uh, really yeah uh, worthy of that. So um, I, there's a bunch of stuff that I just have not played 
so I'm I, there's just a bunch of I don't have personal experience with um, that I'm looking forward to eventually playing. It's a little weird. I mean, I guess it's not. I don't know if it is or not. Is it weird that this is a festival that the majority of the entrants are not finished? Would you say I, that the majority are that's not That's something finished? that I have felt about IGF every year, so maybe it's not new, although I haven't looked at actual numbers. I don't know if it's the majority or not, but it's, I mean, it kind of seems like it. So, like, of the grand prize nominees, 80, day, 80 Days is finished and Talos Principle is finished, right? Sure. Okay. I don't know about... Invisible Ink definitely isn't. Outer Wilds definitely isn't. <clears throat> I don't know about Metamorphobit. And I don't know about this war of mine. But it is at the very least. I mean, I think this war of mine is finished, but it's it, playable. It's not early access, I think. Oh, is it an early access? I mean, it, it seems like the expectation, though, is that if you are going to be a successful indie game, one of the things that you do is you win the IGF before the game is finished. And I don't know if that's true anymore. Well, um, sure. But I mean, people still think that. I, I think the idea is you're supposed to release the year that the IGF comes out and I, I don't think that's even an unwritten rule really yeah i i haven't seen any pattern like that um i think there's always been a correlation between doing well in the igf and um doing well in the indie game space but i think that the causality has flipped i think um it's now the fact already that- yeah i mean the igf is basically a contest for what was already the most popular Right. Whereas, like, in years past, you could enter something in the IGF and build up buzz that way. And, like, and the game would get more famous as a result of being an entrant. So, I mean, there's, there are so many, there are more entrants year over year, right? Right. Like, yeah. And I suspect that's a big part of growth it. And, 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 right. I mean, it's because there are more games being made. Also, the fact that a game doesn't have to be finished to enter it means the barrier to entry is even lower. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, it you can strikes put, me like, that you would not you would not be able to get any other. <sighs> I mean, I, th- I think this is partially because an unfinished movie is a terrible thing that almost no one would want to watch, but an unfinished game is still pretty fun. Well, it depends and like, like, potentially, and has like as a, I mean, you can do a proof of concept yeah, that is basically yeah. fun in the same way that the finished product is going to be fun in a way that you can't really do like you know. If somebody, you go to your buddy's house and he just like plays you a thing and kind of sings it half ass while he plays an acoustic guitar, you're like, uh, and what he's hearing in his head is maybe the most popular pop song of the next decade, but that's not what you're hearing. It's games are kind of weird this way because in a lot of ways they need to be really polished to be saleable at all. Um, but you're right in a lot of ways, like the polish can happen in a way that is maybe not actually it's it's hard to think about like so fract osc or fract os osc whatever you want to say original um, sound crack oscill- oscillator um like i saw a talk given by that guy where he had in- entered that game in the igf like a couple of months after development started and it was already like interesting enough as a prototype to i think it won I think it won excellence in audio, if I remember right. And then he went on to spend like 20 times that amount of time finishing the game. And so, yeah, like building a vertical slice like that, uh, it can be immediately fun. And it can be like, even in a way that's not representative of 
maybe even in a way that like maybe it, it's fun in a way that's not sustainable for a commercial. Yeah, and see, game. I would argue that in that particular case, I'm guessing that everything that is actually good about Fract OSC was probably there in the initial prototype, and then he spread it out and put a lot of game in scare quotes yeah, between I, I, the good parts. I kind of suspect you're right. And resulted in a worse overall experience. I mean, it's, I don't, I mean, I like, I don't actually feel like a curmudgeonly old man who's like, oh, early access is ruining everything. Cause I don't fucking care. Like, I think anybody should be able to sell anything to anybody, sure, but, sure. but like it is, it is a little weird because it makes it impossible to, like, say, make a list of games or to make a list of good games. It, it is very difficult when, like, well, okay, what if what if they publish all these winners and none of them are available for sale? Right. I mean, that's, I mean, this is something that, like, that, that was my first impression of the IGF. Like, before I was ever part of the community, it was like, this is incredibly dumb. There are all these games winning awards and you just can't play, can play them. them they're not out they basically don't exist well so I, mean, I guess though they're only they're only really talking to developers with this no yeah. one but us cares about the igf and well, i think I, that they're like i, the I want time, there to be room a... for games that even once they are complete you'll never play because it's in a bar in chicago right like yeah there's that too like i there needs to be room for that kind of experience to have a chance so i i can't I can't really criticize the lack of wide release or availability of a of a game as a as a drawback. Sure. Yeah. Well, and this is part of what I was getting at when I asked about entering a cupcake. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. I already ate the cupcake. It was really I mean, good, that's though. The, that's the thing. Like, I mean, we'd it's sort of single we, player. We watched the IGF for a few years, and then we were like, you know, what we need to do is we need to make some fucking stupid joke game in November. October. And win the IGF yeah. in October, yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> you could enter Kingdom of Loathing every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if we entered it 10 years in a row, if any judge would ever play it. <laughs> well, see, and the thing is, I think that a lot of judges had had played it so that they, they like, they, uh, I'm guessing they had like a big discussion about it, right? Like I would not be surprised if there was zero discussion about it at all. I'm I'm guessing that they're like having now judged, like I am I am almost positive that people talked about it. Um did you actually enter Kingdom of Loathing in yeah. the which year yeah. was it? last last year. Last year. Okay. Um so yeah. like I'm I'm guessing that there was probably some discussion about it, but it's it's not a game that is easy to like put to in, like well to put in a list of other indie games that you're gonna like yeah show like just like, it, it, just being such a a game that's been around for so long yeah makes it weird like so, if you entered NetHack, that would be a weird thing too right. yeah like i just dwarf fortress yeah yeah <sighs> you know you don't think that dwarf fortress will Chess. ever get entered into the igf i, I Chess. don't know Chess is not like the other things, Jim. <laughs> Speed chess. The idea of cupcakes. <laughs> cupcakes too. <laughs> All right. You guys. This assignment, the fall. Uh, 
nominated, I this nominated was re- for narrative, uh, not nominated, sorry, honorable mention for narrative. Okay, idea. I thought this the this was a really, really cool, well-executed and atmospheric story that should have mm-hmm. been literally anything other than a video game. I, yeah, I mean, mm. there were puzzles. I mean, you, yeah, but they weren't You really good. hate adventure like, games. Oh boy, do I. So, and, and I do not, so. I, I, I think this is Therefore, like, I don't agree. Th- there were only two puzzles in here that I didn't just, like apprehend like everything okay. everything that happened i understood how to do it this particular mm-hmm. like setting and story i feel like lends itself to very frustrating puzzles yes yeah. and i think that's what happened and like i as a result like i don't want to do this like I, I got so i my my experience of it was i got i the first time i had to look at a walkthrough was the time when you encounter a puzzle, um, <laughs> which was to trigger the elevator, then run off of the elevator uh, before it goes up, because it never occurred to me that I had control of my character during yeah. that moment. I never, ever would have. Figured if they that made out. the game look hmm. less like Metroid, that probably would have been different. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Even even though. It, they make it abundantly yep, no, clear. They totally draw your attention to it. And I yeah. recognize that that was happening. But other times when you hit a button to ride an elevator, it rests control of your character from you and have does you, not return control. Have you and ever to, done that before this point, though? Uh, I had because I went up and then down the first time. Well, without fi- anyway, what I'm telling you on is on that same elevator, though. So it didn't, I didn't, it, it didn't take control of your character that first time. At the top, it does. At the bottom, it didn't, but I didn't notice that it didn't. And then at the top, it definitely does take control of your character. You cannot, you cannot send the elevator down from above without being on it. Interesting, right? So that basically because it taught it taught you the wrong thing. It taught me the wrong thing. I mean, this is my fault because I have no patience for rubbing things against other things. Also, that's not really a rub. That's that's a that's a that's a deeper mechanical. It was and it it was weird and it was basically I was like, all right, I don't trust this. I like the way this looks. I like the writing. I've heard Mm -hmm. good things about the story, so I am just going to watch a video of this. And what I ended up watching was the most frustrating fucking hour and a half long playthrough of this game. Jesus Christ. The other problem that I had, this game probably has the worst controls of any game we've ever played. Uh, that was definitely something that, like, I played with keyboard and mouse and was very unhappy about yes. it. Yes, I, I, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I, it was, I was unhappy. I thought great. it was kind of interesting, but yeah, it was. It was new enough that, like, you, okay, hold down the right mouse great. button and sweep for interactable objects while moving with WASD. When you Wait, highlight an what? interactable that's not, object, that's not how you do anything. Hold down the just... left shift key while <laughs> using WASD to navigate a menu, okay. and then left click to select a menu. Okay, item. the control the controller controls are way better than that. You no, I imagine. Wait, no, you don't. You don't click to select the menu items. You let go of shift. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, so. Anyway, and then as soon as it's like, oh, also, there's this other mode your gun can go into, and we're going to be a shitty cover shooter for no yeah. reason for like ten seconds at yeah. a time. You just you just don't have to bother. Like, you just you can just shoot everything in the head, and it's it dies. It's yeah, not, yeah. It's no, it's it, wasn't, it wasn't hard. It just didn't need to be like this. The combat the combat was so dumb that I didn't understand why it was in there. Right, really. and I, I mean, I felt like the pacing, right? Yeah, just I pacing guess. and yeah. introducing some conflict. I feel like this thing would have been better as like a fifteen-minute cartoon. It like, looked oh, okay. definitely. It looks. This would have really been cool, a really though. awesome like segment of a heavy metal movie, mm. right? 
The, but so the the thing that honestly frustrated me the most out of this whole thing was that it set up the appearance of a major choice in the middle. Yeah. And then, and then you just there and is it's no not choice. Actually, a choice. And that yeah. fucking pissed me that, off. I spent that was annoying. so that was much fun. time trying to figure out how to side with what, the goddamn what the, what the AI. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Like what the fuck? Why? Why do that? And then. And then call attention to it later when it says, when you make an actual choice, it feels really different or whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You made me Wait, do this. What's the, what's the choice in the middle that you thought was a choice? So it's, so he's, he's like, uh, you know, you, are you going to, uh, go down to the data banks to like fuck yeah, with you, the AI? Are, are you going to push this button that? Well, that, that that's the like that's the, that's even like a step or two later. Like it's it, oh, it this, sets okay, up narratively the about. so the caretaker says you if you go down and mess with the AI's circuitry or whatever, you can get the 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 control situation that you want done. Mm-hmm. And the the AI's like, don't do that. That's gonna that's gonna do bad things to me. Can't we figure something else out? And I'm like, uh, okay, well, that mm-hmm. clearly is trying to set up this choice for me now. Do I want to side with the caretaker or do I want to side with the AI? AI? Or that's what it sure as hell seemed to me like. And so I spent a bunch of time trying to figure out, okay, how do I side with the AI? Because I like he has been friendly to me, and the caretaker has been a total dick. Mm-hmm. So but it's it's even the that and then lack the pause of choice with, is even worse though with the big red button. Because yeah, because it, it even pauses it and says calls it press out. space to choose to do this. And it's like right. well, there's no other option. It's not a choice. Yeah, there is nothing you else to do. And so like the, I spent the other a bunch of time trying to, to figure quit something else. Right. I mean, the other choice is save the date, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's yeah. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> but I mean, like that, and save that, the date, that, like that it makes that super. It makes that super clear. Yeah. Well, and, the, the and part this. of the point of save the date was to convey that you actually always have this ability. Right. <sighs> right. It's, oh, man, it's super hard. Like as Jesus someone who Christ who Christ like Christ. grows up consuming fiction. Yeah. You know, it's super hard to to walk away. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Do uh, we talk about that Far Cry Four thing? At no, all? I don't. Like, I don't know what the, you're is this the the the. In the beginning, like in the beginning, there's an opening thing where it's like, you know, you're you're in the house of your the villain of the game. And it's like you're clearly supposed to, like, leave and then go on a 400 hour murder rampage on this island. But when he says, wait here, I'll be back. If you just wait for like 10 minutes, he comes back in, lets you go. You bury your mother's ashes and the game ends. (laughs) So like it like. Which I it seems like was the developer's answer. Like, why did you give us this murder simulator? And then they can just say, why did you choose to murder fifty thousand guys? That's instead cool, of actually. That's, that's, that's right. That's really that's amazing. Really good. It yeah. really is, and I feel like it does not get nearly enough attention or credit. I'd never I'm not even hundred percent. I had sure, heard that there true. was some sort of really cool <laughs> short, like like early game ending. Well, I don't think it's cool. I think it's actually super boring. Like, I think you just sit at a table for 10 minutes. Well, I okay, think it's but, cool well, that the, they give you con- that option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the fact that it exists. The fact that cool. they spent, I mean, the fact that somebody was able to get that past yeah. Ubisoft, right? Like, yeah. I, so, I mean, right. But this game is just a story, right? Mm-hmm. This game is a story. doesn't give you it's any choices. It's a pretty good story. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool. It's super, like, it nails the, the tone and the, yeah. the, the feeling of, of it all. The yeah. writing, the writing was like, good, yeah, but weirdly spot, like weak, like weak 
in a spotty way. Yeah. Just like wrong the like the wrong word like this yeah, would have been like every been, now and then they'll it'll use words like the ai wouldn't use that word yeah or like it just said like inactivity instead of inaction was mm-hmm. one that i noticed like you'd cause this by your inactivity huh. like no that's not the that's not the right word to express the thought that you clearly had there like and it almost kind of read to me as a like very competent but not perfect english as a second language yeah that's mm-hmm sounds like that situation right because it was just a lot of like weird choices of words i mean it but the voice acting was pretty good yeah Mm -hmm. the overall story while hokey was just cool and atmospheric and i mean i i I really liked the setting yeah like yeah yeah. you you crash land on this world that might not even have any humans in it right and so a few months ago i was dealing with a situation where like netflix just refused to play movies on my computer because like Silverlight had the certificate was invalid somehow. And I was just fucking like banging on this thing, trying to figure out how to get this certificate working in Silverlight. I ended up just having to reinstall it. And this is a situation where like the reason I can't play movies is because there is a subsystem in my computer working against my desires. It is explicitly there to make, to give me a hard time, basically. And that's what this game felt like all the way through was like living in a world where that's all there is, (laughs) is like a a DRM based dystopia (coughs) where like every, and, and the idea of um, AIs being sentient, but, being completely constrained by these very arbitrary rules. That was a really yeah, interesting yeah. setting to me. I really liked that aspect of it. I'm interested because it said to be continued. I Yeah, yeah this is so part one of where three. It, yeah. What's, and I don't I don't know where they go from here. This seemed like such a complete story. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't, don't know about that. I mean, Arid, Arid basically becoming a self- I guess I don't know if I want to yeah, spoil I the suppose. ending. Yeah, but it's it's the I, I reveal like, seems I so like climactic every, that yeah, I feel yeah. like every character in there came to a like they finish an arc. Well, I mean, yeah. it, you you could say the thing about same thing about the first Matrix movie, right? right? Then but they like, that, well, that was right. It's <laughs> not really an argument for <laughs> no. But I'm saying, but there's obviously more story that you could tell. That's true, well, okay. right? Okay. But yeah, God, I mean, you could make some you could make some prequels where you saw Aaron as a little kid. <laughs> and like, well, I mean, it's like this it, is the most interesting story I can I can imagine from this, but. Because every superhero origin imagination is terrible. Like (laughs) superhero origin stories get told over and over and over again because that's the most interesting part of that superhero story. Well, so then the trick is to then have Arid, Arid's tale be another superhero origin story that then follows that one, the next story. Which okay, the the second one is about a different AI, and then the third one is about a still different AI, and then the fourth one is just ten seconds long, and it's just the three AIs like high fiving. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) and that's like a free bonus episode. Yeah, (laughs) charge anybody for it. I do wonder, like, did we talk about the name of the assignment, the the fall? Oh right, no, we did not. Okay, sorry. (laughs) We always get criticized for not saying the names. Oh, Oh, hey. No, we used to back when we had listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, goddamn. Um, I, this was one of the first times where it 
in playing in playing the game, it just really coalesced that the primary problem that I had with the work that I was interacting with was that I don't think it should be a game. I think it should just be a cartoon. I, I felt it worked well as a game because part of the story, I feel like, was was the character figuring out like the alternate routes around these problems and that that sort of subversion of the rules was part of her character arc the the realization that like when at the end when it's finally spelled out no you're not following the rules you've gotten this far by by finding new ways around the rules therefore you're defective right and the player becomes complicit yeah in the st- yeah and i wonder like the you know the serving the kid a human head and and like all of that all of that like fucked up stuff that probably wouldn't have been as satisfying if right. you weren't if you doing weren't it doing although it, yeah. i wasn't because i was just watching a video of it and i was what you said to... was maddening no it was maddening because a a video that was a what I wanted was a hundred percent speed run of this game. This was a video of someone just playing it and figuring out oh, the shit. It so they were just sort of like walking oh, back and okay. forth. Yeah. And then I don't even know what the fuck happened at the end. He's in some like room where there's some aquariums, and I was like, "There's only ten minutes left." No, rather, there really, there's only like a minute left in this two and a half hour long video that I'm watching and it doesn't really seem like it's finishing and then it just like jump cuts to the ending. No. Like, huh. So you missed, you missed uh, the whole section wow. with the fish and stuff? I saw a fish jump and bite a wire Okay. and then he's like, I can't go through there, it would bite me and then I saw the ending. Wow. wow. So that's that's a good like half hour of the game that they cut. Oh, out. Jesus Christ. Well, for this guy, it would have been a good nine hours of the game, I guess. But <laughs> man, that sucks. Why would you do that? Why would you make that video? There were all of these parts where there were obvious edits, and I was like, God damn it, if you're capable of editing boring <laughs> shit out, why like why did you like if you hadn't made it clear to me that you could do that, I wouldn't be mad at you for not having done it the hundred other times. It would have been as it's appropriate. I, I, philosophically, I think making a bad thing and putting it into the world is actually like it's you're getting in the way of good content. Like it's worse than doing nothing. It I is mean, so this hard is one to of those find. Games where, like, I'm guessing that more people played this game than played Space Quest, but there are probably a thousand individual sources of a Space Quest walkthrough <laughs> in the world, and not a single text file. That is a walkthrough of the fall. That's not true. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I referenced I a text. Did you find one? I yeah, found a, on the Steam, the Steam there's, a, there's one on the Steam community that's, that's actually really, really good. And I think you okay. probably would have just enjoyed reading that instead of. Yeah, I don't man. I, I have a hell of a time. And maybe this is just because I no longer know what to look for. Right. Because it used to be if you wanted to walk through for a game. You'd go to gamefacts.com mm. and then search for the yeah. game. That's yeah, and then not, maybe yeah. you had to select a platform if it was a game that came out after 2000 or whatever. But like, yeah, now, man, it's like, here's a bunch of YouTube videos. And what are these? Are these just some asshole yelling right. while playing this for the first time ever? Like, I, I was really frustrated by the the fact that like there would be dialogue options that I didn't get to see what. The responses were because that always frustrates you yeah, yeah. and Ugh, kills me and because the save system is such that you can't go back and try the other options mm. uh, 
I mean, you still haven't played The Walking Dead, right? Right. I mean, I think it will. It will continue to frustrate me forever. I think you'll. There are (laughs) things about it that you won't like. All the good things, for instance. Anyway, did we decide what we're doing for an assignment next month? We had talked about Hohokam. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Do we all have access to a PS something? Device? Uh, Yeah, I do. I've got it on Vita. Man, I haven't used my PS3 in a year and a half. So I can't wait to be the old man in the balcony yelling about that experience. <laughs> I mean, I updated oh, just, it. Just, for like yeah, turn, turn your PS3 on patches. to update. I updated yeah. it like uh, three oh, weeks on ago. Christmas, on Christmas, yeah. We struggled with it so that we could watch. What did we watch? What were our Christmas movies this year? Uh... Shit. It's a Wonderful Life. No. A Christmas Carol. No. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No. Edward Scissorhands. No. The Nightmare Before Christmas. No. Bad Santa. No. A Charlie Brown Christmas. No. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. No. Lethal Weapon. No. White Christmas. No. A Christmas Tale. No. Shrek the Halls. No. Christmas in Connecticut. No. Christmas in Boston. No. Christmas with the Cranks. No. Kung Fu Panda Holiday. No. Jack Frost. No. Twas the Night Before Christmas. No. A very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. No. Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. No. Reindeer Games. No. Santa with Muscles. No. Four Christmases. No. Santa Claus the movie? No. I'll be home for Christmas? No. Rare exports? No. Ernest saves Christmas? No. Santa Claus 2 the Mrs. Claus? No. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. No. The Muppet Christmas Carol. No. It was Elf. (laughs) Elf! Oh, God. Starring Danny Elfman. Yes. And Jenna Elfman. Christ. (laughs) So it was was totally about Christmas. Yeah, wow. That was the problem. The problem was we watched a Christmas movie about Christmas. 
Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, the Polar I Express. I don't think there's time for listener's mail. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's Jesus pretty Christ, reasonable. I'm already going to have to do some... Some uh, serious probably, edits. Probably nothing. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, so ho ho come uh, for next time. Yeah. Yes. Ho ho come. And if, yeah, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail so that we can read it next time, how would they go about doing that? They could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. They could email us VGHotDog at gmail.com or they could go to our website VideoGamesHotDog.com. Uh... Uh, uh, right. Uh, fuck. It's been too long. It's been too long. Uh, guys, g- gentlemen. Yes. I've had a fantastic time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope that we record episode number 182 very, very soon. Uh, and listeners, I hope you'll join us. But until the, until then, until you do, keep your fingers in the dryer and keep waving to the dryer. <laughs> It should be easy because <laughs> you're right there. You're right there. You're yeah. Right there. Yeah. yeah. All of your fingers are in the dryer. Well, some of them. I mean, you okay. could wave to the inside of the dryer. Right. Okay. You could also wait. I mean, it could be. You could be. You could have two dryers. Oh, it's true. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Good have night. a great week, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs> In, in most of the time when I walked into a room where your girlfriend was watching something, it was just porn. And then I said, what the f-? And she was like, it's true blood. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just always walked in during the porn parts. I'm like, okay. Close the door. <laughs>